water. Earth. Fire. Air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. A podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated to Bending the Elements, a novice leaders podcast. Uh, here to talk about all things Avatar. Uh, with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Caleb, are you ready for another three-hour comic book discussion? Oh, I am very much hoping this does not turn into another three-hour comic book discussion. <laughs> but I, I'm ready to talk about some more Avatar. I'm super pumped for that. Well, tonight, listeners, uh, once again, we're going to do our three-part comic book series uh, on the road to Korra, as these two seem to you know kind of tie into at least leaving off some loose ends potentially uh, from the series itself. And then we can safely say we'll go into Korra, maybe satisfied, but you know, still doing the comics at a later date there, there and after, but tonight, yes, we have as a, as promised, we bring you the promise. <laughs> yeah. Written by Jean Lun Yang. I believe is how you say that name. I believe so on the, uh, the script. And then someone that we saw quite a bit during the uh, Lost Adventures, Giru Hiru. I believe they did a couple of those little, I don't know what to call them, little mini issues or comic strips. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, mini, just, you know, mini arcs or well, not arcs, but yeah, just issues. Yeah. So, yeah, this is some familiar faces a little bit and more especially familiar as we uh, jump into this first issue. And of course, I think we're both doing the omnibus version. And so they don't actually separate all into issues. It's just one big story. No breaks. Precisely. Uh, but as if it was a regular issue, it does open up with the the typical opening that we get, where we get Katara uh, doing her little, you know, her, her standard narration. And it, it's this is going to be a long story, so we, we probably won't do necessarily panel by panel. It's probably more like story beat by story beat, or probably more likely uh, page by page, knowing how we are. But... <laughs> Yeah, hopefully not just panel by panel. Even I'm just like maybe not. My only gripe so far, no Whistler Sun. No Whistler Sun. That's very true. Maybe the Whistler Sun's actually shining over Zuko as we extend it out, and we see that it's not. I believe that Aang can save the world. It's that he did save the world, and now that the Fire Lord's defeated and Zuko's uh, yeah ruling in his place, yeah, the world's looking pretty different. And I'm definitely super pumped. Almost immediately, I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what this new status quo is going to look like in this book. Well, let's uh, not wait any and waste time any longer. Let's begin. So kind of beginning almost immediately after the end of Avatar Aang, uh, yeah. do we you know, start off with uh, we're in the Earth Kingdom throne room? Yep, and our old, uh, I can't say pal, I don't think either one of us ever really liked that old Earth King. Somehow he's still in charge, maybe they should have been like, hey, you you, you abdicated the throne, so we're going to put someone else in your place, but no, he's he's once again back, yeah, ruling. Yeah, but things are amicable with uh, him and, and Zuko and Aang, 
and they're kind of working together to figure out what are we going to do to reshape this world in a more peaceful direction. By the way, sorry, we have a name. We, we he kind of gone. Uh, I guess they never mentioned this both in the Lost Adventures nor in the TV show. Maybe an extra canonical material they did, but I don't know if you call this extra canonical. But seeing as how this is a continuation of the story, uh, we have Earth King Kue. I think that's how you say his name. But anyways, yeah, sorry, that's you know, yeah. small meat and potatoes there. Um, yeah, but they're they're hard at work because the topic of discussion is. Uh, if if there's you know restoring four nations to harmony, uh, it seems though you know past hundred years uh, when the fire nation was you know expanding itself, they had you know touched down on some uh, well if you remember this from you know back in the Avatar and the Fire Lord uh, we saw that they touched down on certain parts of the Earth Kingdom and made it their own colonies. Mm. Yeah, and I think this was a smart choice focusing on this, a very realistic kind of how do we move forward when you you spent so much time building these colonies to trying to reshape the world in your image. Well, how are we going to really continue if there's still so much of your yeah, kind of stain on the globe in that way? And so, you know, Aang's there and they start to think, okay, well, it seems like it's going to make the most sense. We want to move forward in a peaceful direction that we're just going to evict all those colonists and bring them back home to the fire nation there's plenty of room here i'm sure and they're like oh well, we need a kind of catchy name for this to you know advertise it politically Who, who's who's the uh the marketing man and there's sock in the background just off the top of his head the harmony restoration movement and tops they're like what's with you in these names like how do you keep coming up with this i did like his little joke uh, it's a gift I thought that was kind of funny not blessed with bending but instead with ideas and knowledge potentially we jump away from that and it's the end scene so if we ended off uh if this was the end of you know after avatar ang where they then jump from the fire nation to the earth kingdom we are now in the earth this is i guess the beginning of the day and we end off uh, back at the jade dragon uh, uncle iroh's tea shop and this is literally like you know to close the entire series out is when mm-hmm. we focus on Aang and Katara's kiss and immediately just start off from there. Yep. They are. Yeah. It's some, some kissy kissy time. Some, what does a uh, soccer call it? The oogies. Is that, is that how you say it? It ain't great. Oogly moogly. That's for sure. Or yeah. oogly moogly. <laughs> excuse me. Um, but yeah, it's for some reason he's appalled, appalled by the fact that, you know, two humans are, interacting with each other via lips uh even though he was probably doing that with asuki excuse me and yeah it's every everybody's so embarrassed right now katara's having none of it obviously and well anyways you know (laughs) it is sad to think that that pretty moment in that episode soiled by sokka showing up and ruining it with his ways I'm just going to pretend I uh, didn't see that and or just imagine it's not this is not going to be in my head when I, you know, rewatch Avatar Aang eventually. <laughs> but um, so they're like, oh, Sokka, like, like, what's going on? Why did you come out here? Like, what, what are you here for? And Sokka, for whatever reason, decides that, you know, even before, even though they've just finished this big adventure, this big traveling period. He's missing some time on Appa, and he's like, it's time to go for an Appa ride. Come on, Aang. You know, we're getting kind of bored just sitting around here. Take us for a trip. 
And so they all take off on Appa, uh, the usual gang, including Suki and, and Zuko. And it's, it's a pretty little scene there. They're riding around in the fireworks and everyone's loving these guys. Like, oh man, these guys just saved the world for us. This is so great. And it, it's it's cute to see our heroes getting the celebration that they deserve. Peace! <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Milking that till the day I die. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a um, it's a celebration. You know, the boomerangs have have lot, much to celebrate, and they're throwing fireworks. It's there's fireworks fireworks everywhere, which is a lot of fun. Uh, not so fun for one young lady when it comes to uh, I guess having more sensitive hearing, uh, and also not really being able to see fireworks directly. And notes to Sokka what fireworks sound like to her by giving him tinnitus. <laughs> I like that too. Um, but Zuko, you know, this is again in the in the aftermath of Avatar Aang. This is probably the same day that he went to visit his father that time. Or at least yeah, no, would you say that's the case here? Okay, okay, so this is where it's a little bit like <sighs> Okay, here's here's the thing. So it's like I visited my father in prison the other day. I've been meaning to ask mm. you for a favor, Aang. I believe that's how it happened. It, it first went so it was um, the ending of the episode was they. I'm sorry, I'm just recalling back to Avatar Aang, where they uh, did the peace stuff, where it's like you know, every, you know, the four nations are back in harmony, and then it was Zuko going to see Ozai, mm. and then after mm. that, it was in the Jade Dragon. So. I think everything follows up, but like he says the other day, so he saves himself there. And Zuko was thinking, you know, if if Aang ever sees Zuko falling down a similar path to his father, he uh, he's like, you know, that this this whole being the Fire Lord thing, it's it's stressful. I can foresee that there could be some danger in my future of me making some similar mistakes. And if that ever happens, Aang, I just want you to, to kill me, to end me. And he makes Aang promise him that if that ever happens that he'll he'll do that for him and you could tell that ang himself is disturbed he's like the zuko like this like you're my friend i, I don't want to do something like that i couldn't even kill your dad but still zuko pushes forward kind of a disturbing thing to ask i would think old zuko <laughs> yeah it's almost like well it's kind of obvious he did display energy bending and the ability to remove uh ozai's power if Aang used the same technique on Zuko, would that make a difference? Would that, hmm. again, neutralize Zuko? And not so much, you know, make him a vegetable, like his like his dad. But I, I don't know if, like, because I guess he could still be the Fire Lord, technically. Just, you know, powerless at that point. And I guess <laughs> any other firebender could just come and say, like, I'm Fire Lord now or something like that. But yeah, I, I don't know if the same technique, or at least the same idea would work with, with zuko in this case where it's just like no even if i'm powerless i'm still gonna like not stop i well, not want to want to hope that in, the, in that case yeah i think we know zuko he just gets into particular moods and he becomes yeah like this depressive type of person and so maybe he was just in that particular moment in just a, a bad head space and locked ang into this awkward promise which, again, really not a good move as a friend, because as we can see from this whole comic, that promise really, really messes with Aang for, I mean, it's a year later, and it's, it, it weighs on him. But, but I guess we'll get to that in a little bit. We certainly will. One year later. Yeah, the Royal Palace, and we see that Zuko, he's started to become pretty paranoid. 
he wakes up in the middle of the night thinking someone's there and he goes to his guards like oh no someone's here to kill me uh you know you guys gotta keep an eye out and his guards you i don't know did you get the sense that maybe zuko's been doing this for a while <laughs> the guards just like no one got to you last night or the night before that or yeah, the night before exactly. that but yeah and who knows maybe the reason that he'd been coming to them night after night is because whoever is here this night as we do discover that someone is there to kill him maybe that person had been sneaking around just waiting for the right opportunity and that's why he'd been you know on edge or maybe he was just doing this for the past year just being paranoid every night <laughs> yeah it probably started off like as not like maybe he again zuko was always i'm not gonna say been paranoid but remember he got blown up in his own ship so he's one mm-hmm. of those guys who sleeps with one eye open. So that was probably useful for when he was firewood at first. Maybe there was some relaxation. I don't know fully. But then when these attempts started happening, for whatever reason, then that's when, you know, he starts to be like, all right, what's going on here? So I, I can understand his frustrations and his uh, him losing his patience in this case. Yeah, and we see with this uh, this assassin, it's uh, a young girl looks like, and she's got some sort of. Uh, do you know what this weapon's called? Or it's like a chain with a little ball with the spikes around it. Well, literally, I think that's what it's called: ball and chain. <laughs> I guess that's fair. As basic as, but no, it's it's uh yeah, it's a little. It's I believe it is a legit weapon. It's not a yeah. throwing dart, obviously, but it's a you know it seems like a real weapon. It it have like a was like a scythe or not a scythe, a sickle or whatever, or a commie or whatever it's called, like on the end of it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I think Michelangelo yeah. uses this like weapon in one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles continuities. Anyways, I apologize. Yes. Yeah, so we get that little fight. Uh, we don't see her use any bending, but Zuko definitely blasts her quite a bit, but eventually wins the fight. And when he does, he dismasks uh, her or dis whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Unmasks her. There you go. Thank you. And he's like, give me a reason not to, to just kill you right now. And she says, go ahead. I'd rather uh, die than have to, to be in the presence of a traitor like you. And she says her father and her family's uh, served the Fire Nation for generations. And currently her father is the mayor of this place called uh, Yudao, a Fire Nation uh, colony in the Earth Kingdom. And yeah, she's here because of the Harmony Restoration Movement. Uh, we, we go to the city itself of Yudao, saying Earth Kingdom, by the way. Yeah. And it's a very interesting mix of, it looks like there's a bit of our architecture between the Fire Nation and of the uh, Earth Kingdom as well. Looks like there's a mix, a mixture between cultures, as it will. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wonder where this is going. The mayor himself comes, a name is given to this, this, is this assassin, Corey, and in chains this time. And I, I do wonder, though, maybe this is nitpick. I do wonder why Zuko still decides to have the guards of the Fire Nation have the masks. That's fair. That's fair. I I, I am at least like, uh, do they really still want to have that there? Because I'm not saying that they can't have guards or the army. Like, that's another question of like, so did everybody's army disband or what happened exactly? But yeah, I was still definitely thinking like, I don't know if the masks were a good idea for the faceless goons idea. Where we're talking about what was it Zuko was saying? Peace and harmony. And speaking of peace and harmony, I mean, he comes in hot. He's like, Mira Morishita, your daughter, she tried to kill me. I should burn this place to the ground. 
And the mayor is like abasing himself on the ground, like, oh, please, Fire Lord, forgive her. She didn't know what she was doing. And yeah, I mean, I was like, wow, that's that's some harsh talk from him. <laughs> yeah, what happened in a year? Jeez. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> of course, Corey just does not want to hear any of this and will refuses for her father to, you know, see shame or anything like that. And scoffs and, and spits on the whole idea of this harmony harmony restoration act, excuse me. And you know, blames Zuko, or not even blames. It says that you know he's not doing nothing at all to you know enact this 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 treaty or whatever you want to call it. And mm-hmm. Zuko berates by saying, "Like, listen, you people with thick skulls, this is about peace." And the yeah. mayor's like, "Peace? What do you mean about peace? There's no peace here. We're like you know citizens of the, citizens of this land." Kind of mocks Zuko almost in a way of you know saying. How his father, how his father would have not let the Avatar or Earth King bully him into this decision. And, well, uh, funny he should say his father because we flash back to that day when he asked him uh, where his mother is. Yeah, and we see that the Fire Lord is, you know, he, he's just treating his son as just a, a joke at this point. And he's like, ah, bring me some tea one day and maybe I'll tell you about it. Just maybe. And Zuko at first is like, okay, I, I don't need this crap from you. And the Fire Lord again goads him like, uh, just wait. You know, the being the Fire Lord, it's not easy. One day you're going to come back to me because uh, the pressures are going to be too much. Uh, just you wait. And we see during that first exchange that Zuko wasn't having it. But yeah, maybe we'll see a different tune uh, singing as we go along in this story. Yeah, and speaking of tune, uh, the mayor did definitely made a... Uh poor choice of words or well i don't say poor choice of words but he selected the wrong choice of words because anytime you mention zuko being the equivalent to his father uh that really uh annoys him given uh well there's proof of what his father did to him on his face so yeah he zuko is enraged saying you know grabbing him and putting him up against the the wall being like i'm not my father yeah, and even the and the, and the and the mayor himself even realizes this. Like, no, you're not. He even admits that you know Ozai had many faults, but he was never a coward. And again, you should never, never not you shouldn't be saying these things around Zuko because I I don't believe he is a coward. Yeah, and we'll we'll find out what happens there. Maybe we'll cut back. And we'll just see like a corpse, a burned up corpse on the ground. But we'll see. Jeez, just charred. Anyone oh, smell barbecue? <laughs> but on a, a Fire Nation uh, vessel. We see that Team Avatar is doing the uh, th- they're doing the groundwork on the Harmony Restoration Movement, and they're helping another mayor and move her people back to the Fire Nation. Uh, this is a younger colony they mention, and most of them, you know, don't really have those roots in the Earth Kingdom yet. So that's maybe a little bit less complicated of an issue. Still, yeah, it's 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 that thing where they they've you know sort of developed a culture of themselves. But now they have to go back to the mainland, so that'll be interesting, to say the least, of how things are going to play out there. But Aang is offering some words of either wisdom or at least reassurance of uh, showing him a, uh, or showing her, excuse me, a a dance. (laughs) Yeah, from like 100 years ago. Kind of a cute little moment. I believe it was the dance he was doing uh, in the headband. Yeah, but unfortunately for them, almost immediately once they arrive at the shores... Uh, some Fire Nation uh, soldiers show up and they're like, okay, everyone uh, start loading that ship back up, get back on and head to where you're going because Fire Lord Zuko has officially withdrawn his support of the Harmony Restoration Movement. 
and everybody's aghast. They're like, what? And once again, with the, the very quick, snappy pace, we, we jump away from there. We're going to we'll take a little while before we pick up with that again. And where do we head to this time? We head over to the Beifong Metal Bending Academy in the Earth Kingdom. No exact location, just like here. It's like, uh, okay, like some logistics would be nice. It looks like it's outside the city somewhere. We'll see where that is. And there's these three characters, these three other, you know, variant of age uh, range for these guys. And they, they pop out of this, uh, pop out of this building to see what's going on. The, the ruckus is going on at a crowd below. And they're like, what's going on? And get some characterization from them quickly. And then bam, a uh, chunk of earth is, you know, uh, erected in front of them. And there's good old Sifu Toph, you know, laying, bringing down her version of teaching and the law, which Caleb, what do you, what do you think of uh, Sifu Toph here? Is, uh, do you think this is going to go well or after what we oh, no. witnessed in bitter work, it's going to act, end up the same way. Oh, you can see it on their faces. They're horror. They're terrified of her. She's a, uh, yeah, she, she, we thought that maybe she'd softened her ways, uh, but no, she's still, if, if the students aren't, me- aren't immediately grasping what she's teaching, she's going to be pummeling them into the ground. <laughs> so not great. Oh boy. Off to a great start with this one. So she, uh, we'll get more in the characterization of these uh, three individuals yeah. a little bit later, other than again, what they're spewing out, which there's some humor to it, even if the humor does originate from tough love if i can use that phrase i'm not sure if that's the correct one but yeah where's vin diesel exactly um they mentioned though that they're right next to you dow interesting yeah very very interesting yeah. but uh top here's something out in the distance and it's appa you know it's been a year so it's like i wonder what has been happening this whole time and so she's like all right you punks you lily livers as she calls them you stay here and you know, do some you know your your training, or at least you know do some of uh, your routines and your katas. I'll be back. And she launches herself straight onto Appa, and the boomerangs are reformed once again. Yeah, and they catch up a little bit, and she's like, "Hey, where's where's that Twinkle Toes? What's what's up with him?" And we see that he's there, and he's doing some meditation. It's the uh, Zuko's changing of his 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 position on the Harmony Restoration Movement has left him in a place where he needs to do some meditating. And yeah, we, we see as he's meditating, I guess he's developed a, a new way to kind of quickly access the spirit world using this little necklace of his. Uh, what do you think about that? Have we seen anything like that previously or is that, is that new? As far as I'm aware, like with all extra canonical, un- unless there's one thing that I can think of, um, I don't believe so. But yeah, what I did looking at it closely, I'm like, Oh, there's the earth. Can- it looks like there's symbols for each of them. There's, I can see the, yeah water tribe symbol there the earth kingdom try or earth kingdom uh in there etched in there so there's probably one for fire and air so that's definitely one way of of looking at it where material possessions almost although it's not material possession uh is able to like contact somebody that's a that's a neat idea and we see as he reaches out to his old favorite avatar to speak to roku he's coming right to him with the thing that's heavy on his mind which is the promise that he made to zuko him pulling out of this, uh, the Harmony Restoration Movement is maybe showing some signs of going back to his, his father's ways with the uh, the Fire Nation imperialism. And so he's like, oh, you know, Roku, I, I just wish I would have never made that promise. 
to Zuko. There's got to be some other way. If I couldn't even kill Ozai, how could I possibly kill him? And we all, we know Roku pretty well by this point. And I mean, this guy, he's just a, he's just a hard dude. <laughs> Almost immediately. He's just like, the role of the Avatar is more important than your friends. If you got to take this Zuko guy out, ah, just kill him. <laughs> well, yes and no. Now, hold on a second there. It's only because there is a, he's coming from a place, if you remember. We obviously know what was what happened, but he definitely relates the the Avatar and the Fire Lord with what happened. But as he, he reiterates, like he said from the old masters, that he would kill him. He would have killed him uh, just to have prevented this war. There's still a lot of guilt uh, over this, so it's weighing heavy on his heart. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. So that's this is where his beliefs come from. His principles are. So whether you think he's in the right place or not, this is just where uh, his viewpoints lead to. And speaking of viewpoints being very uh, vocalized, as the group arrive at uh, Yudao, they find there's a whole bunch of protesters outside of the city gates. And who do we see there but a couple of familiar faces? Smeller B, Longshot, and uh, who's this other one? Sneers? Is that it? Yeah, I think Sneers, who, uh, yeah, (laughs) Sir joined... uh, after the fact, if I recall, I don't recall him back in. Um, yeah, Jet. Uh, I guess it was Jet. Yeah, just Jet. Thank you. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Jet. And oh, hey, I guess yeah, Smeller B and Longshot are alive. Yep, yeah, I'm shocked. Where's Jet? <laughs> yeah, what the hell happened exactly? We'll never know. Got it. Anyway, so yeah, the, the boomerangs investigate, saying, "Hey, what's what's going on here?" You know, Smeller B, I guess, is the the leader of this this crowd of rabble rousers and. They're like, you know, don't wait, you know, bring us Zuko's head. And, you know, I guess just want an excuse to, you know, get the Fire Lord out of his head. I have, I have no idea. They believe, she believes Aang's here to, you know, start a ruckus. Start and scrap a ruckus and, you know, bring the city down. Actually, wait, no, that's not true. <laughs> With fire and brimstone. Whoops, that's the wrong. That's wrong. Oh, no. Never mind. Never mind. Wrong avatar. <laughs> yeah. Or mate. Wait, no. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah. Fire Nation out. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, throw them out into the you know, the cold. But Aang's like, oh, you know, I appreciate you guys being out here. I, I always like to see people politically active. But maybe, you know, this is not the best time. Please uh, vacate the premises. And uh, sweetie, come over here talking to Katara. Let's uh, let's get to get inside the walls. <laughs> there sure is a lot of sweetie talk on this one. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know either. <laughs> I'm like... Like, do you ever talk with your partners like this? Like, hey, sweet. I definitely do, but not to the extent that it's overdone here. Yeah. Where it's sweetie this, sweetie that. <laughs> and they both say it to each other. Sweet Christmas. I don't know if I can take much more of this. I do wish that they would have had individualized uh, pet names. Like, if they would have just picked, like, maybe sweetie was, was Katara's name for Aang. And Aang had a different one for her. I, I just feel like I would have preferred that a little bit more. Yeah. But either way, she climbs onto his uh, new-looking uh, staff, uh, flying staff. I don't remember it being blue like that, the last one that we saw. Oh, no, it was. It was the replacement the mechanist made for Aang during the Day of the Black Sun. Oh, okay, okay. Hmm. See, so, yeah, they, they soar over the, the gates, and they head into the city, and immediately they meet with, uh, I guess, it's some other Hotman guard. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. Yeah, one of just one of the other, like, I guess, captains or I guess leaders in charge. Yeah, and of course, he's putting up a fight. Hey, you know, get out of here. We don't let any avatars in here. This is uh, where we're keeping this, the city sealed off. 
And once again, it leads to just another little scuffle, a little fight time. Which, by the way, I think that most of the fights we've seen in this, this book so far were well uh, well il- illustrated. Um, I'm definitely liking that. And some of the panel work as well, I think, is uh, fun how they do it. Oh, yeah. No, nothing. Can't really complain or whatnot of. Or no, I'll complain. But definitely, I, I agree with your sentiments. I share your sentiments. Yeah, but for, for whatever reason, Aang, you know, he, he keeps avoiding them in the fight. He's not really doing too much direct action to them. It's, it's almost like just a time waster. Until Katara sees that he gets a little bit of flames on him, and she's in her in an uproar, like, "Oh, sweetie, look out! You're burning!" And so she's like, "Okay, I'm just gonna take all these guys out with just a little splash of water." Like, who who needs all this evasion when you could just use a blunt object? <laughs> Which that being water and ice. Yeah, and she's really yeah. Oh, and this one's coming from like yeah. Uh, the underworld hath no fury like a woman's scorn because you know they're attacking her boyfriend and she's like yeah not not, not that ain't happening yeah but she as she comes over like oh sweetie are you okay and Aang's just like i'm fine <laughs> but as she's uh fussing over him one of the guards gets behind her and just is about to strike her and she looks like she's about to kill him she she catches him pulls up some spikes and then zuko shows up and disarms her by the way, the guard was about to attack, uh, sneak attack Aang. Oh, he's sneak attacking Aang. Yeah, sneak attacking Aang. And then Zuko mm. came up from behind uh, Katara and restrained her arms just so that she could not perform the action over that. And, you know, end his guard. Definitely not that. And yeah, things don't go off to a good start with these uh, old friends. No. Yeah, Aang is, of course, furious. He's like, hey, Katara just said that you're hurting her. Let her go, dude. Like, what are you doing here? And Zuko, for whatever reason, doesn't do it. I'm not sure why. I guess he's like, oh, she has to agree to stop attacking my people. But, you know, I think the fight's over at this point. And anyway, Aang eventually just gets fed up. And it's like, okay, if you're not going to listen to what I say at this point, then I'm just going to have to use some airbending to uh, show you who's boss, show you who's in charge here. And then Zuko again, I, I guess this is just his old rage coming back, his old temper. Blasts off some fireballs, and Ang gets so angry that he starts mentioning the promise thing again. He's like, "Hey, maybe it's time I start uh, living up to that promise that we agreed on, huh?" And he's switching to the Avatar state. <laughs> I, I do love Zuko's face. He almost has this moment of like, "Oh crap! Like, what did I just get myself into?" So I, I there's a couple moments in this book where I feel like this promise thing is maybe a little bit they use it in a way that doesn't necessarily feel in character. Would you agree? Like, because Aang leaping to that right here, I was like, I, I thought he'd gotten more control over himself by the end of that season. Maybe in a year of peace, he's regressed a little bit, less sharp. I don't know. I I do admit that there's a lot of misunderstandings and a series of escalations that occur leading to this, and I'm like, I I don't know if it it all fits. Personally, I'm just like, wow, well, okay, we're yeah. like we're done just talking, like. Like there's, I guess, I don't know. It's like almost like everybody's in an extreme point, and nobody's—I don't say thinking clearly, but nobody's nuanced in in their their beliefs. Like, sure, I can have a lot of strong opinions or whatnot, but I also at least try to have see another side. Okay, I don't want to. I shouldn't use myself as an example, but <laughs> I, I yeah, I don't I don't know. I feel like I don't know if this is yeah in character for for you know all these people who I mean again maybe it is a year later. I don't know. I just, I don't buy it. Uh, maybe, maybe things do, people just move on and yeah, that's, that's just for these, the boomerangs are no more, but 
of the full boomerang squad, excuse me. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm feeling the same way. I'm just like, I'm, I'm not too sure about this. Yeah, and I guess this is the first thing that's come up is like a warning sign that, oh no, maybe the Fire Nation is going to go back to its old ways. But it does feel a little bit like the writer is pushing a little bit too hard to get to the place that they want to go. And yeah, some of it doesn't necessarily feel natural. And the thing is, is that this is a good premise. I like the idea of, you know, dealing with uh, sins of the past and marks, burn marks almost, that the Fire Nation has left across the world. I think that'd be a cool idea as well as see um, mm-hmm. what the other, scar- like what, what other things that the Fire Nation is doing to restore, help restore the world in a good way. Like, you know, if it's... Um, putting people to build using its engineers or whatnot to rebuild part of the fire or fire nation the uh earth kingdom or if it's you know helping out the water tribe instead it's focusing on this issue yeah and it's a book that i would prefer to not have conflict in i'm not saying you can't have conflict in the way of social battles and and words like i'm thinking of you know star trek here for pit sakes and how they Mm -hmm. would handle issues i'm not saying that you know toss or uh tng didn't handle things with action and conflict but this is one where i kind of was hoping for a little bit less direct force but you know maybe maybe this is just my like viewpoint maybe other people have better views on this than i do Jeez, we, okay we gotta keep moving sorry yeah <laughs> yeah we'll get to some of that later and i'll yeah i'll share some similar opinions uh, but guitar does manage to calm ang down it's like, hey, you know, think about what you're doing here. You don't want to act out uh, irrationally. And Aang is even like, oh, Zuko, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I don't even know what I was thinking. I can't believe I would have done something terrible. And Zuko now is, is finally being calm. He's like, okay, you're right. Let's let's just try to talk this out. And Aang is furious again. Like, that's what I want in the first place, man. Like, what are you trying to pull here? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, that's, this is, okay, this is where the artists are, yeah, sorry, I forgot the name off the top of my head, but it's where they are, it's because it's two people, uh, it's, this is where they shine when it comes to, like, because I remember they usually had them doing the comedy bits and are, like, the lighthearted tones, hmm. uh, in Lost Adventures, so it was interesting that they at least get to expand their repertoire and do some action stuff, I will say that, yeah, it's pretty cool, but this bit right here where, you know, we both need to be calm this is i guess a callback to if you remember in the chase where you know ang and or ang, uh katara and toff are bickering at each other they're at each other's throats and then ang's like ah you guys gotta calm down katara goes both i'm completely calm and so i kind of felt like this was the same way where ang just gets you know lashes out at zuko for when he's like we both need to calm down and talk are you kidding me that's what i wanted in the first place <laughs> by the way i really like the way they do the panels on this page and the one with just Aang and his his face of, are you kidding me? I think it, that's a very cute little uh, yeah image there. Again, yeah, I'm really seeing the anime Kim Possible-isms in, in their art. Yeah, but now that they finally have their chance to talk, Zuko takes them through Yudao and explains that coming here made him realize that, uh, that this, this whole colonial situation is much more complicated than they had all thought just sitting in the the earth kingdom's uh capital and they really didn't realize you know some of these colonies have been there for so long it's been generations and the the level of integration between the two uh, earth nation citizens and the fire nation they've mixed families in a way that if they're going to do the harmony restoration movement it'd be tearing families apart and at what point is that uh immoral doing something like that interesting fact i believe this was canonically the, well they say it's the oldest 
uh, out of all the colonies. I don't know if uh, maybe I'm getting mixing words here, but I wonder if this is the first colony. In fact, the one we saw all the way back, I say all the way back, but the one that we saw in the Avatar on the Fire Lord. Because you remember there was that instance where during the wedding of, of Roku and his wife, they Sozin begins the whole expansion idea and he's like, let's not speak of that anymore. And then like years go by and there you see the expansion. And I think this may be the first one. Now, Asterix, like I, I put a pin in that. Hold me to my word. Obviously, if, <laughs> if I'm incorrect, I'm incorrect. But I, I think maybe that's what they're implying or maybe I'm just reading it wrong. No, that, that could very well be, especially if it's, like you said, the oldest of the colonies. Yeah, then that would make sense. Going by what the text just says, did you know that Yudao is the oldest of all colonies? They didn't say first, but I don't know what else is calling it as the first, so I have no idea. Yeah, but to keep things moving, uh, Aang, again, I don't, I, he seems strangely thick-headed through a lot of this book. Yes. Uh, but he's like, oh, you know, this history lesson is great and all. But none of it matters at all. The only thing that matters is that you need to go back and onto the right track with this Harmony Restoration movement, or you're just going to start another war. So maybe at this point, Aang's like, you know, sure, you're going to be tearing some families apart here, but none of it matters in the face of starting up the war again, which in its way, I guess, is a fair argument as well, but maybe a more callous one. Yes. Maybe he's taken the role of the Avatar more seriously and trying to look at the big picture and he's missing all the micro details over this matter. I'm not sure. I'm also trying to imagine the Aang from the TV show in this situation, what he would do, but I really didn't. I mean, is it also emotional immaturity? I mean, I'm not saying he's immature, but just like inexperience. I'm not sure. Oh, but just to skip over something a little bit quickly, uh, Zuko does say that, you know, one of the things that first made him notice that this place was more complicated than he would have guessed is when he realized when he was, he was first ta- attacking the mayor and his wife tried to defend the mayor and it turned out that she was an earthbender and he was shocked by that. And then it turns out that the, the daughter says that she considers herself a mixed citizen, both an earthbender and a Fire Nation uh, citizen. And so in that way, it's also complicated. And again, Aang is still in his way, like obstinate. In order for peace to be moving forward, all four nations have to be separate. And that's the way that we balance each other out. Uh, No one can occupy the other. Again, missing the subtleties that Zuko is trying to explain to him here. Yeah, this almost would have been better as like a 20 minute episode. (laughs) Uh, it may be a two-part maybe a two-parter <laughs> okay yeah okay sorry let's yeah sorry i'm jumping to conclusions there i sound very extreme but there's a moment sorry there is a moment though that katara hmm. I don't know if she switches sides but she just looks at the mayor his wife and your um cory excuse me yeah and it's just the look of them and it's led together and she's like maybe you dow can be an exception so, hmm, it looks like the house itself, the boomerangs are divided. Yeah, and immediately Zuko hears that and ceases in. He's like, exceptions should be made for all the remaining colonies. Uh, most of them are around uh, older than you, Aang. And again, that just sets things off again. And Katara has to, to once again step in and be like, okay, clearly some tempers are hot here. But I think that this conversation is really something that the Earth King needs to be involved in. It needs to be the, the three of you guys. I guess the four of them with her as well. <laughs> Uh, getting into a room and talking about this complex issue. 
I think the mayor and his and his wife and daughter should also be present as well, because it's also you know their whole town that is the issue as well. So they should have a say, and not just you know these three, four. But anyways, we got back to outside of Udao. And again, the crowd's still kind of getting restless. They're like, oh, what's going on with Aang and, you know, all that stuff. And, it's, you know, rabble, 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 rabble. The rabble rousers. And yeah. Sokka, you know, attempts to quell the crowd and then gets a rock thrown at his head. <laughs> yeah, and we we all remember that Toph had her, like, slight touch of a romance for Sokka. <laughs> or made-up romance. And so she's like, hey, nobody hits my man. And she builds up this big rock pillar. And picks up a big boulder. And he's like, okay, you know, next person to throw anything at him. Yeah, I'm just going to crush him right with this big boulder here. So, uh, yeah, keep it down down there. Quite the way with words. They're tough. And Sokka pops up. He's like, good thing. I was just about to uh, take these folks out with my boomerang. And someone even makes fun of him. Like, oh, yeah, what are you going to do with that? And Sokka just beams him in the head with it. (laughs) It's like, oh. Hey, uh... Didn't you lose that at the end of Avatar Aang? Yeah, uh, uh, boomerangs always come back. Just took a while after the credits. That was the post-credit scene. Son of a gun! I can't fight him on that logic. Anyways, <laughs> um, so Aang and Katara return uh, to the crowd, and you know, give the four on one. What's going on? And <laughs> love smeller B. Uh, what'd you do? Kill the Fire Lord? <laughs> Jeez, somebody's bloodthirsty today. She was part of Jet's crew. We know how they were. Okay, wasn't it technically Long uh, Long Fang that's uh, or wait, what's his name? I forget. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, no, I forget. But wasn't it? Yeah, uh, the uh, second or the the royal minister uh, from in the Earth Kingdom that killed uh, Jet, not the Earth or the Fire Nation. <laughs> oh yes, you're right, Long Fang. That that sounds right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it wasn't it Long Fang that like you know killed Jet, even though she's still probably has uh anonymity with the fire Nation anyways yeah and i think this is the first time that we start to hear the little racial epithet or whatever the word is there that they've they have for the fire nation these guys they call them ash makers it's been a hundred years since the, the ash makers took over this place it's time we get them out so yeah she's uh she's willing to wait a little bit longer because she trusts ang but yeah there has to be some sort of solution that pleases her little mob there four days four days four sunrises and four sunsets i think yeah four days <laughs> to throw this or else her little band of rebels whatever they're gonna do uh are gonna go in there and ransack the town yeah yeah and so the gang they they take off heading off to uh bossing say and on the ride over toff's just like yeah you know i don't really get this this argument Zuko should just give in and make those colonies go. I mean, come on. So even amongst their group, there's some divided opinions again. Although I guess I guess Sokka and Aang are already there. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, house divided can not move forward, or whatever the Abraham Lincoln quote is. So then we see the two lovebirds. Okay, I didn't. Even though I'm, you know, all for this, all for this ship. But this relationship between the two of them, but like, I, mean, I don't know. I'm not saying I regret it, but this is not exactly what I was expecting the language would be like. No, no. And Sokka too is again, he's like, okay, I'm so tired of these two and their little sweetie talk. And 
uh, she, and he's like, oh, the, the Oogies are back again. And Katara's like, I'm so sick of hearing this. This Oogies, like, I don't even know what that means. And Toph's like, oh, you know, Katara, I could easily show you what that means. Uh, just hand me your hand right there. Let me take a look at that. And then she licks it with this giant tongue of hers, which almost looks too big for her head. <laughs> that tongue. It does. <laughs> but I definitely had a chuckle on that one. Got a good, like big smile on my face with that. I don't know why. Um, we, we cut then to the Royal Palace and the Fire Nation capital with the throne room. Mm. Yeah. And May is there. She says in kind of a, a choked way of like, oh, so the Fire Lords returned. And it turns out that he didn't give her any explanation as to where he was going, just kind of left her. And it was even just like official edicts that she found out where Zuko was. And she's like, don't do this again. You know, I'm supposed to be your girlfriend here. You're supposed to talk to me. You can't just kind of seal up. But yeah, poor Zuko's fallen to his old ways, being a bad partner again. Neglectful. I, 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 okay, I don't know if that's considered abuse, but it's like, pardon, pardon me no, for that. Yeah. But not in like a, it's not like he doesn't care for her. It's just like, this is definitely taken over his life. Yeah. And while it is neglect, I'm not denying it isn't neglect. It's at least not the same abusive way we saw them before. So I'm not going to give it a plus, but I'll at least say that's the only saving grace of this. Yeah. And she continues to look out for him. She's like, oh, you know, I know that you've been having some trouble sleeping and those guards that you had last time, you know, they let this assassin in your midst. So looking out for you, showing that I, that I care about you. I went and talked to the Kyoshi warriors and I've asked them to come and be your personal guard, which I thought was a really sweet move on her part. Excellent. Let's go. We'll see Suki again with her face makeup and, uh, why does it look like Ty Lee? <laughs> oh no, I don't know again. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Suki and Ty Lee, uh, maybe Ty Lee, are stationed outside of his door, and we see that Zuko. Yeah, he's he's still having those troubles sleeping, and he's looking really terrible, honestly. Like he hasn't slept in a long time, and he's again getting paranoid that people are sneaking around, even though there's no one there this time. And he decides that he needs to go off for a little walk to to clear his head. And where does he end up going on this walk here? Yeah, even, you know, Suki's like, oh, you know, I can give you an escort if you want. It's like, don't worry, I'm just going to get some water. And, uh, well, it's more than just water that he's taking. He goes on for quite a walk. Mm. A walk that he's made beforehand, you know, to back to the prison with a cup of tea. Not for the person who I thought it would be with. I give, I mean, he is in Bossing Say. But for his father, asking for his advice with a cackling smile from the fire or the previous fire lord. But after that, we uh, go back to uh, Appa and uh, see the two lovebirds are just enjoying their time together. And poor, poor Sokka, he's still disgusted by this. And he's he's going off about how grossed out he is. And Toph even thinks that he's talking about her because she's once again picking that nose of hers like she always is. Digging for gold. What can I say? She'll find the golden nugget one day. Yeah, but as they're passing Toph's, uh, the Beifong uh, metal bending school, she's like, well, guys, you know, it, it's been nice catching up, but I better get back to my classes. And Sokka decides like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm getting real tired of seeing these folks uh, making out. So please, can I come with you, please? And it, it, it strikes uh, Toph as a good idea. And so he splits off from the group and yeah, spends a lot of this comic just with Toph. And uh, interestingly, you know, Aang was going to land Appa for her, 
but she's like there's a bit of a like confidence to her she just stands up on oppa like almost in a, in a familiar sense like she's got assurance to her with this and she goes the immortal lines of hey guys watch this jumps off of oppa that's that's interesting and creates a rock slide actual like rock slide in the yeah. ro- rocks in the shape of a slide and yeah lands spectacularly not a superhero landing uh unfortunately Sokka is uh not <laughs> lands kind of on all fours or no on, on his back and yeah it's probably gonna hurt later in life yeah i do like that we get a little moment with them as they're walking back to the school and Sokka's like so like what made you come up with the idea to start your own school like when you were training ang like, I don't know, I maybe I uh, didn't see the potential there, but apparently she did. Apparently she fell in love with the idea of, of teaching people uh, how to reach their full potential and treats it as a calling. But Sokka's like, yeah, you, come on, we, we I know who you are. You just like telling people what to do. So that was another cute little scene. Yes and no, but it all, I don't, does it convince you that she was meant to be a teacher after the display we saw in Bitter Work? I, I don't think she's a natural teacher, no, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> we will definitely see, especially when we have the example of her three students, what appears to be walking away, or at least, you know, uh, getting their knapsacks or suitcase, oversized suitcases and just, you know, heading off to back to Udell and you know, ordering them around. Like, where do you think your you lily livers are going? Yeah, which, by the way, they may have gone a little bit too much with the lily livers as well. I was like, okay, does Toph has any other, have any other terms for these guys? Is that all it is? Man, it's just the catchphrase. <laughs> it's the lingo. It's in the zeitgeist, man. You got to understand, you know, how these Dao kids think right now. It's all in the language, man. You got to get with the vernacular of the times. And speaking of these Dao kids, since we get their introductions here, we can go a little bit into the, the characteristics. So we have a, kind of a bigger kid uh, named uh, Hotun. Hotun. Yeah, Hotun. Uh, either way, I, oh, Rotund. That's what I was going to say. That that reminded me of that. I was like, is that a, did they do that on purpose? Since he's a little bit more bigger. <laughs> Mandela effect. In a, oh, geez. <laughs> but he is a, he's all doom and gloom. He always thinks that the, something's going to go wrong. And especially the word doom. He seems to, to fixate on that word in particular. It's, yeah, we, we've already seen quite a bit of it early on in the book. And he continues it here. Uh, we have Panga, this little uh, girl looks like she's like, I don't know, like eight years old. And she loves shoes and apparently loves Sokka as well. Almost immediately after seeing him, she decides that he's her new boyfriend. And who's the last one there? The Dark One. The Dark One, yeah. So that that's basically his personality too. He, he's, he looks like a goth, he's gloomy, hates everything. And yeah, these characters, I... I think maybe they would have played a little bit better as well if this was just like a 24-minute episode or a two-parter because their shtick is a little bit... Uh, it gets a little bit like, okay, they, these characters don't really feel like they have dimension at a certain point. It just feels like they're kind of one-note jokes. At least not yet. I mean, yeah, sure. If, you, if <laughs> This is an obscure reference, but if everybody, anybody remembers uh, the Disney's Chicken uh, Little... There was uh, one character by the name of Runt of the Litter, and that's pretty much um, Ho Tung completely, just with all the doom. And then we obviously have Penga, who, you know, spoiled brat kid, you know, at, at, you know, thinking that everything is hers, the world's her oyster, nine year old. And then, of course, we have, you know, 
you know, this Trent Reznor looking kid who thinks it's cool that he listens to um, Tool and um, Linkin Park. <laughs> I did like the little exchange. This one I thought was funny because that little girl's all over Sokka. And he's like, how old are you, Panga? And she's like, almost 16. And he's like, by almost, you mean, she says nine. And he's like, I see. And with that, even though it's a comic, of course, you know, he has that fixed expression. But I could see it in the show, that just that, that scene playing out with him still using that same expression, same tone. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but then we get back to the potential abuse. I don't know what you want to call it with teacher and students. Yeah. Oh boy, I'm gonna rip my shirt off if I keep, you know, pulling my collar. <laughs> yeah, she does definitely seem like she's pleased to put them in the dungeon and yeah, start throwing some some metal at them. Uh why can't you bend it, you fools? But they say, Oh no, Toph, please don't beat us. The only reason that we look like we're running away is because we've been kicked out. It turns out that this old place used to be a Fire Nation bending school, training school, I should say. And since the Harmony Restoration Movement's been canceled, uh, he's moved back in. He's kicked these students out. Get out of here, you worthless uh, little dirt eaters, whatever he calls them. <laughs> uh, it's time for us to do some real training. And so Toph barges in. She's like, okay, get out of my school. You know, I don't care what you guys say. This is the Bayfong Metal Bending Academy. And they basically decide, like, okay, we need to settle our differences here by having a, a metal bending battle. And because old Sokka's there, old Peacemaker Sokka, he's like, okay, you know, no, no, no. Starting a fight like this, this isn't going to do anything. This is supposed to be a school. So the best way to figure this out is to see who's the better teachers by making the students fight each other. And a little, uh, what do you call it, a little bout. Uh, what do you think about that as uh, someone who's into martial arts yourself? Does that seem like a reasonable solution to the problem? <laughs> I was hoping for in the end there was a better solution uh, in the conclusion <laughs> of this later on, of course. But it was more reasonable, at least uh, like where Sokka's trying to come from and also display the themes of the book. You know, we have, and that's kind of a thing where we have on a macro scale, we have, you know, who, uh, who Dao being the, or you Dao, excuse me, being the center of attention for this whole like cultural clash and whether it should be part of the Fire Nation or, or Earth Kingdom. And in this, it's kind of the same way, sort of. So this one like mirrors it, but on a smaller scale potentially. And here Sokka is fulfilling that role. Yeah, I think. I think that's what they're going for too. It, it does feel like it was a little bit underdeveloped. But I did kind of like to see that this, this smug uh, instructor, the Fire Nation, didn't believe in that metal bending was possible. He's like, ah, that's just a fantasy until Toph did it. And then he like skipped right over. He's like, okay, let's, let's still, you guys are worthless, uh, dirt movers. So again, with the slurs. Yeah. <laughs> so they decide, okay, three days, you know, it's, it's four days with the, uh, the Udao kicking out the firebenders. It's three days for the firebenders kicking out the, the earthbenders. So similar timetable there. And, as he leaves, uh, Toph is kind of like, okay, Sokka, like, that, that wasn't a... I'm glad that you diffuse that situation, but, you know, my batch of students here, you know, they're all kind of worthless. There, there's no way they're going to be able to win this this bout. Jeez. <laughs> Confidence there. And especially after this teacher is like, okay, my Fire Nation students, uh, display the, the motto of our school. Show them what we, we do as a salute. And they look like a couple of them. Three impressive little kids. 
So that makes uh, her students look look extra bad. <laughs> <laughs> What's that uh, saying you're always uh, going on about there, Hotun? We're doomed. Pretty much. Yep. Stars. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I went there. <laughs> uh, so we end up uh, back in Bossing City, I guess in the middle ring, inner, uh, lower ring, I, I don't know. Uh, and we... Aang instructs Appa to go find a nice little uh, hill to sit up top of uh, just to sleep tonight because you know, they eject and make their descent down to uh, the streets below. By the way, I guess uh, just to point out with the glider staff, if you didn't see Aang use the staff as much uh, after the Day of the Black Sun, it's because he didn't bring it into battle with him against the Fire Lord. Mm. Phoenix King, excuse me. So that's kind of why we uh, maybe forgot about it. But anyway... So they're like, all right, let's go see, let's go see uh, Uncle Iroh. Let's go to the Jade Dragon and, you know, talk to him. Maybe, maybe we could, you know, uh, just to spend the night. I hope it's also to, you know, maybe bring him to talk to Zuko or something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden, uh, they get sidetracked when a, a side quest, I mean, uh, somebody else, uh, an NPC, <laughs> I mean, uh, a person uh, gets the attention of Aang um, over another matter to attend to. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out, I guess, in the wake of them changing the world, saving the world, uh, these little Avatar Aang uh, fan clubs have popped up. And this is the local Bossing Say chapter. And they're like, oh, you know, Aang, we're, we're so pleased to meet you. We can't wait. And we even want to offer you. We heard, we overheard you talking about wanting to have a place to stay. It would be our honor if you could uh, come to stay with us. And uh, their vernacular is also somewhat interesting, ending off every sentence in a question, or at least with a question mark. Yeah, they seem a little unsure of themselves. You know, they're young, they're they're nervous, and you know, it, it makes them you know stand out. They also it's apparently uh, they're both co-founders and co-presidents of their uh, you know, fan club chapter here. And oh, you don't say. You could see from Katara right from the right off the bat that she just doesn't like these girls, not interested. One of them even is like, uh, oh, what an honor it is to meet the first girlfriend of, of Avatar Aang. And Guitar is like, uh, what do you mean by first? And then the girl gives her this devious grin. <laughs> but what I also kind of meant was, uh, if you think about it a little more, <laughs> maybe this is rude, but I kind of pictured it in like the typical like valley girl uh, vernacular way of speaking. Oh, interesting. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, mm. because I'm, I'm not doing the voice. I can do the voice, but I don't want to do it. But just imagine that in your head and then read the dialogue in that voice and be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, anyways, uh, but, you know, Katara's really like, you know, wanting to get out of there because of raisins. And so they, you know, they try to, she tries to get them out. Of it, but then, you know, one president, which I'm like, hey, do you guys also uh, elect one of you to be queen? Um it's like, no, we're going to let me show you something here. I'm going to show you our little place, our little sect um, that we've made that is in a spitting image of the Western Air Temple. And Aang's like, ooh, let's let's see. And they see it. Well, um, spitting image, all right, in, in something. I'm not really sure what that's supposed to look like. But you know what? Like, you know, I got props to them. They, they put the effort in. So that's, that's you know, it's a start. Honestly, I think it's super cute. And Aang, too, he's honored. He's like, wow, like this this is really sweet that you guys care so much about my, my culture. So so I appreciate that. 
Exactly. So Aang, you know, very much, you know, ah, that's even funnier at the, in the bottom of page 91 there on the left side, we see, you know, I love it. Thank you. Official avatar Aang fan club. I'm flattered. You can even see, uh, Momo doing the little, like, (laughs) you know, respectful, uh, you know, hand and fist together. So cute. Yeah. There's not much Momo, uh, standouts in this, this comic, but that moment I was definitely uh, grinning big time. (laughs) Oh, me too. So they go inside and we, uh, cut away from there uh, to the back to the Fire Nation prison. Yeah, and the old Fire Lord, cryptic as he wants to be, is like, uh, Zuko, do you remember that vacation that we took one year in the Amber Islands? And we were at the beach, and you saw that this, this, this hawk was attacking this little uh, turtle crab. And you ran off, you saved him. You know, you always like to help the ones who are, the, who are kind of the underdogs. But after you saved him, you noticed that the hawk was looking hungry. And it, you started to wonder, like, oh, like, is it really my right to take away this meal from the, this hawk who's worked hard to get it? And as he was sitting there deliberating, a wave came and uh, washed him over and pulled them both into the ocean. And the Fire Lord's like, oh, you know, I dove in myself to save you. And it almost seems like he's just having a nice family recollection. And Zuko gets choked. He's like, okay, you know, I'm here for advice. I don't need you to be going over family uh, memories. I don't have any good memories of you, you punk. So, <laughs> but then the Fire Lord's like, ah, just think it over. Maybe that thick brain of yours, maybe you'll finally realize what I'm trying to say, but, you know, I'm not going to talk anymore to you bring me some more tea. Yeah, then we cut away from there again. It would seem that it's a dark reflection of what Uncle Ira was doing, where he was the one mm. pouring tea to Zuko. And offering advice. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's a fair point. It's mm. different here where it's the Fire Lord requests tea and time itself, as if he's still controlling his son, uh, even within the bars. Um, but th- what did you think? Did you think Zuko was uh, in character for that? I don't say it's, he's out of character in this, but do you think he was also kind of like right to kind of shut down any uh, thoughts that his dad was subtly manipulating him or did you think like you know like hey Zuko I'm, maybe this doesn't help that you know they give us images to uh, realize what was really going on because I also kind of realized immediately what was what he was saying there no I, I think it I think both of them seemed in character to me it didn't uh, you know, stand out very well it was disappointing to see Zuko going to that little snake and uh, yeah, looking for advice by this point but Makes sense. It is interesting in that sense. We will go more into that later. We cut back to the Beifong Metal Bending School. And here they are basically trying to punch coins from a distance, of course. Yeah, and we see that, yeah, they're they're just, they're not very good students. They, maybe it's because of a, a certain teacher that keeps abusing them. But they don't even have the basics of metal bending down. They don't understand how to do it at all. That's that's the thing of just like you're saying, like what's going on here with with these three, uh, and them you know uttering their catchphrases over, or at least you know, uttering you know, yeah. what their character's <laughs> all about. Sokka's like, so what exactly made you choose these three? And Toph reintroduces her bracelet that Sokka made for her uh, in Sokka's Master. Yeah, I, I I liked that we get a little flashback to her space bracelet but also Sokka being like oh my poor I, how I miss you space sword I appreciate that little touch there as well hey, hey Sokka uh, maybe this won't work but couldn't you just go to June and ask uh, Nyla to find <laughs> it with either um, Toph's 
um, her bracelets because it's made of the same material, right? Or, you know, give her your, you know, your shoe and maybe, you know, <laughs> the sword smells like your shoe. I don't know. Or the sheath. Actually, no, I, I don't know if he still has the sheath or not. So it's like, um, there's a reason. But anyways. So, so we go into a little bit of a backstory as to why Toph picked this particular batch of students. And it turned out that it was just kind of accidental that this bracelet of hers, every now and again when she was out in public, she wasn't even really thinking about it. She would just notice that someone around them, when they were super emotional, would make the uh, the bracelet just kind of vibrate a little bit. And we get this cute little flashback as we see in sepia tones the different little origins for these uh, these characters. A Hotun dropped this ramen on the ground and uh, because he thought there was a spider wasp in it. And he was freaking out, and we see Toph in the background <laughs> looking at her bracelet. Uh, Panga was um, in a marketplace arguing over some some shoes that she desperately wanted, looking like a little uh, spoiled kid. Even There's even some ladies in the background just kind of laughing, like, hey, look at that spoiled kid. The servant's trying to stop her. She wants to buy more. There's Toph holding her, looking at her arm again. And then the, the, the weird one with the uh, the dark kid. I guess some other kids are like snickering at him, bullying him. And he was just kind of thinking about how much he hates society. And there's Toph again in the background. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of cute, the way they did that. Crawling in my skin. Sorry. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> and so as she's telling this story, old thinking Sokka, he starts formulating idea. He's like, hmm. So it's super emotional bits that makes these kids uh, act. Well, you know, I've I got some ideas of what we can do to uh, cause some emotion in these little little kids here and he also goes into how he thinks that he deserves a, a new title you know ever since he's been the, the planet man he's uh, he's figured out a, a new form of bending uh, what what kind of bending is that again motivational bender mm, mm. i can't remember what i used to call it for his, his thought bending or whatever i used to say <laughs> but yeah i didn't think about the motivational bending mm. uh, but so he decides, okay, you know, the best thing I can do here is to uh, teach these kids to, to feel the metal, to be the metal, and that'll teach them to uh, yeah, get a get a sense of how to control it. All right, everybody, say it with me. I gotta date the marble. I gotta embrace the marble. I gotta wash the marble. I gotta lick the marble. I gotta be the marble. Anyway, <laughs> I got it. Okay, so anyway, you know, it's like, Show me your motivation. And tough, again, questionable joke. <laughs> He's like, hey, Sokka, I don't know if this is the right way of doing it. I'm rolling my eyes. Oh, we get the return of the blind jokes in this book. We get several of them. Yep. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so basically, uh, tells them to instruct the three to close their eyes, getting like a it's a horse stance. That's all I'm going to say. It's in a horse stance. And then he's <laughs> so seismic sense, basically, which is not the stupidest. And because we did technically see that uh, applied in the uh, bitter work with how Toph was going at it. And then Sokka's like, all right, think fast and throws a bunch of these metal coins at them and dongs them right in the head. Yeah, I did like that. Knocks them all down. And even the even the little girl's like, hey, you know, you better buy me some new shoes to make up for this. Like, come on, even though you're my boyfriend, you can't just uh, throw a coin at my head. And of course, Toph's needling him like, oh, yeah, what a great motivational bender you are. And Sokka decides that maybe there needs to yeah, go back to the drawing board. 
Indeed. And we will return to that a little later, but we uh, flash over back uh, to the Avatar fan club sect in um, uh, Bossing Say. And it's, you know, it's pretty cool in there. You know, we got, you know, there's, there's stuff going on. I wonder, I wonder if any of these ladies are, uh, any of you girls happen to be uh, at a poetry slam uh, at some point and see uh, a water <laughs> tribe guy go in there? Anyways. Um, but yeah, he basically is, this is, uh, what is it? The Kyoshi, Warriors of Kyoshi all over again, back in book one, where he's like, hey, look at this air scooter. And it's literally is just this all over again. And he's like, here's the marble trick. But then he advances it where it's like, and now I'm going to make other air scooters for all those who can't bend. And, you know, they're all having a real like rip snorting time and whatnot. And, this, you know, all, you know, it's joy in the air. And uh, what is it? One of the one of the presidents, she uh, says, oh, here's um, Hai Wong. And it's like, here's another president. It's just like, gee, there's so many of these co-presidents and co-founders. It's like, how many of them are you? Everybody raises their hand. It's just like, geez. Okay. Um, and she brings with him uh, a airbender's flute. Oh boy. We're going to see some rhythms uh, in the air. There'll be some musical notes in the air. Let's, uh, let's hear what a uh, you know, tune he has here. Yeah, and I think all this is is really cute and sweet, and you can tell that Aang is just really enjoying seeing people embrace his his culture and know something about it. But all the while, we keep cutting to Katara over in the corner, and she's got this just bitter look. I don't know if it's a jealous, like, oh, I hate that all these girls are all over my boyfriend. I don't know what it is. But either way, she eventually just gets up. She's like, okay, I've had it. And she grabs onto him like, hey, I hate to ruin your fun, but shouldn't we get going? We're supposed to be meeting up with the Earth King. And as they're walking away, again, Katara just looks just choked. And she even points out, like, oh, well, you definitely seem to enjoy those girls' attention. And I, I quite like how this scene goes, where he it's kind of a tender moment. He's just like, yeah, I know it was just kind of a, a silly little club. But for a moment there, it almost felt like I was back at home with my people. And Katara just looks uh, ashamed, and he thanks her. But she's like, I don't deserve the thanks. I thought that was a really sweet little moment too. I agree. That was, I can't say anything more than what you said because there was genuine effort there with this little group of theirs and it definitely made his day. So for that, I tip my hat over to that. But unfortunately, good vibes and good feelings are not all that's in the air before we return back to the prison in the Fire Nation. As the return of the tea and Zuko, as the Fire Lord sips, as he listens to his son uh, speak about the thoughts that uh, he heard the previous night. Yep, an old screw up Zuko. He, <laughs> I don't know if he's just saying this because he thinks it's what his dad wants to hear, but he's like, "Oh, I thought over my decisions, and I realized that I should have chosen the Hawk. It was noble, and it was." Uh, you know, much like the Fire Nation, it earned its meal. It wasn't just, you know, some uh, someone looking for uh, uh, freebies. You know, he's one of those folks. <laughs> and he's like, but I've already I've already made my choice. I've decided not to neglect my people anymore. And he's like, but I still understand why I can't sleep. So so what it, it seems like, what it seems like, the, the large part of what uh, this analogy, this metaphor, but also real life example that uh, Ozai is trying to get at Zuko 
is that it's not about like you know which side was right or or whatnot. It's the fact that Zuko is the right. It's neither. In a way, he's kind of putting him on a pedestal of saying like you're kind of the avatar in the sense of the fire nation. Uh, you are the, you know, the, the, the head of state. Um, it doesn't matter which is right and which is wrong. What you decide is right. Jeez. Yep. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> but in a way I understand what he is saying too. It's like, you can't be a leader if you're just going to stay in the middle and take too long to deliberate. You have to be, you know, confident in your choices and kind of a direct in your actions you can't just stand there and wait for the wave to wash you over so in that way he's correct but his whole you know whatever you decide is right because you're the most powerful is the the yikes part of it (laughs) yeah no i definitely can hear the fire lord i guess back in the end of avatar saying something like this uh it does seem yeah it's like oh okay he's actually got some he's got a point to him but yeah that's you're right the part where it's like you are the right it's like oh yeah, and even though Zuko is currently, again, straddling that line of indecision, he still knows enough to be like, okay, what you're saying there is clearly not the right way to go. You know, I should be listening to my friends. I should be trusting Aang. I shouldn't just decide wantonly. Whatever I choose is just automatically right. And so the Fire Lord's like, oh, so you trust him more than you trust yourself, huh? And again, Zuko's kind of shamed. And it's actually, I was expecting Zuko in his uproar to get up and be like, okay, I've had enough listening to you. I know that you're wrong. But even still, he has nothing to say, and it's actually the Fire Lord that's like, ah, you sickened me. Like, leave my presence. And Zuko tries to stand up for himself, but again, just the uh, the presence of the Fire Lord is uh, still enough to assert some level of control over Zuko. And he's like, leave. And Zuko just wanders off. But as he's wandering along, we do see that there's a certain Kyoshi warrior that was, was following him and saw him leaving there. So I guess we'll follow up on that a little bit later. I definitely enjoyed that scene because it was one of those things where it's just like, you think that I'm the one locked in a cage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess also in a way, it gives Ozai a little bit of... I at least appreciate this where it gives him a little bit more character than what he just was uh, in the, in the, uh, in the television series. Like he was the, of course he was, you know, the final boss uh, of the entire series, but here Mm -hmm. I definitely like the fact that they are fleshing him out post series, I guess I was going to say post-mortem, but like just post series (laughs) and actually giving him a voice and seeing that even without power, he still, wields command almost in a way which is definitely scary you definitely don't want to get on his bad side yeah no i I definitely like that too i think it was a really strong scene and again it's just sad for zuko that a year later after they they defeated the fire lord this is what he's been reduced to just uh yeah we, we thought that he finally found a way to gain control of his destiny but his first major hurdle and he's once again just back in the the zuko uh, doghouse so, so that's too bad to see. Doghouse rules. Uh, yeah, no, we'll we'll see how it goes. But back to the metal bending academy, where you know, again, the still learning how to teach teacher or Sifu <laughs> is you know still commanding her students to 
uh, do it the way she needs to, it to be done. It's, yeah, no, again, just trying to move the rock. It's it's episode five all over again, or bitter work as well. Yeah. No, I was darn. I was concentrate. Concentrate. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, it's it's just that Sokka, you know, interrupts the program, just being like, hey, "I gotta just talk to you, tough." And so, like, all right, hang on. So he's he's <laughs> old suck. He's got he's got a plan, kill. He's he's uh, he's up to his old dastardly tricks. He's he's like, yeah, he he's he can't contain himself. What's the plan? Well, he decided, like, hey, you know, I I was thinking, like, maybe my emotional thing of trying to scare them with the, uh, you know, throwing those uh, those coins didn't work out. So what we really need to do is we need to get a, a stronger reaction, a super mega uber emotional reaction. And so he's like, but, you know, there's only one problem. I, I was putting together all their little character traits, and I, I think I got a good plan, but I'm going to need uh, going to need to get some some metal here. And it turns out that underneath the school, uh, uh, Toph has, I guess, kept all of the old Fire Nation school's uh, uniforms. And so they have a bunch of these little metal helmets. And Sokka's like, oh, that's perfect. I already drew up my plans. You know, I, I spent uh, some time doing some doodling. And here, uh, Toph, take a look at this and see if you can make what I'm looking for. And we get the next blind joke. <laughs> Obvious joke. Don't need to mention it, but unfortunately we have to. Of just like, okay, 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 whatever. Did you like her waving her hand in front of her face? Like, do I even have to say it at this point? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, we have a montage of, you know, you know actions that, you know, they're, they're doing, you know, the montage you know, the sequence of just like, Love you know, that. assembling whatever this cockamamie scheme is of, operation emotional damage i'm not saying it in that voice <laughs> um and yeah no it's just you know they, they finish it and he's like yeah this is this is great and she's like oh yeah you, hey just call me the greatest earthbender of all time no seriously like i you, i really need you to call me that it's it's just for my you know mental stability here he's like tough <laughs> i can literally imagine him saying it this way tough you are the greatest earthbender of all time yeah, and she really liked that. She's like, oh, gee, that's great. Thank you, Sokka. That's so sweet of you to say. <laughs> but I was talking a little bit earlier about the, the panel work. And I don't, I don't know if you'd fully call that a panel with the little montage. But the way that they had the white background and the little pockets of, of uh, art in between. I thought that was really beautifully done as well. I, I really appreciate that part. But then we switch gears back to uh, Dao as we see... What's the name of this group? There's a couple different groups here. I can't remember which one this one is. Uh, this is well, it's Corey, and I guess her Yu Dao attacks. No, no, I can't oh, say it. that's oh. already been trademarked. No, 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 no. no. Um, these are the Yu Dao uh, enforcers. Excuse me, uh, police mm. force, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, we just see them demonstrate like doing their tactics and what they're good at, and we're seeing. Hmm. almost a mix up, not even a mix, but a callback. We're seeing unison. We're seeing teamwork. In fact, it's almost very similar to the boomerangs. The enforcers hmm. here are both a mixture between firebenders, earthbenders, and then Corey herself, who is a non-bender, the leader of the group though. That's pretty cool. Who, you know, wields her bolas or you know ball and chain whatever you want to call it and you know just seeing them practice which is really cool like how they're you know going at things 
and the I guess the training session ends, and well, something you know gets catches her eye when somebody you know I guess calls her name out, and it's it's other than sneers, it's like, geez, buddy, what's what's going on here? And mm-hmm. oh, okay, wow, everybody's just macking it with each other now. Like, <laughs> okay, like once the show ends, it's just like all everybody's just like at each other's faces now. The grief. Yeah, the drama and the complications continues too because we saw that he was part of the, you know, down with those Fire Nation folks and she's been training with the Firebenders. You wouldn't think that he'd be there macking on her. Uh, but hmm, maybe something's afoot here as well. Most certainly. And she's she, she is, she's just a little bit like, you know, confused. It's like, you know, we were supposed to go on a date and whatnot and, you know, what, what what's what's going on here? Like, why, why, why haven't you, I haven't seen you in a few days. And I guess the... Um, yeah, I, I guess, well, he doesn't say it. Um, well, no, no, he does. She she does mention about the protests outside with the protesters against the Fire Nation occupancy, occupancy air quotes. Um, and she asks, were you a part of this? And I'll, I'll give him this, that at least keeps his at least a bit of dignity for, by saying, yeah, we were leading that. And she reacts very frustratingly and uh, very angry <laughs> over this matter. Yeah, completely fair. But as it goes along, it's like, yeah, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to choose to continue to be with your group, which in a way seems kind of xenophobic? Or are you going to choose me? And I was curious if Smeller being in long shot, if they're from this place or if they were just like kind of going around like, okay, which place is still the Fire Nation? I'll get those guys out of there. We hate those guys. I was I was wondering that a little bit. That's exactly what I was thinking, where wherever there's a problem or seems to be a problem, they're going to show up. Mm. Yes, that makes them less sympathetic because maybe they don't understand the the complexities of this place as well. Yeah, where I mean, even like Corey herself is actually like her design. Yeah, maybe you don't. I don't know, but I it didn't wasn't until just now when I realized, oh, her attire is literally like a mixture, like literally like visually symbolizing, mm-hmm. um, you know, like both parts of, you know, I got, what is it? Like she has firebender cousins, but she also uh, has, was it earthbenders as well for her family, I think. Well, her mom's yep. earthbender for bit's sakes. So <laughs> even though she's a, a non-bender, so it's like she is wearing her uh, stripes proud uh, more so than you could say, like, you know, Clark is in Smallville. <laughs> Oh, no, but maybe not some other. Sorry. Yeah, maybe we'll pick up on some more of their dynamic later as we cut over to Bossing Say and we see the Earth King uh, greeting our two uh, benders. Um, he's greeting them very with, with uh, pleased to see them back in his, his throne room. Of course, Bosco's there looking rather neutral. And he's like, oh, you know, I've, I've heard about the situation with the uh, that Yu Dao. And I, I was, you know, I, I definitely want to discuss with you guys, see what's up here. And yeah, they, they lay it out to him and he looks pensive. He's considering it and he's quite shocked that uh, the Fire Lord would remove his support of the, the Harmony Restoration Movement. And he needs some time to, to kind of process and think about what he's going to do there. And of course, Aang is once again pushing for, for his side. Like, yeah, you know, it's ridiculous. This is Zuko. I'm, I'm sure we can convince him to continue. You know, we, we got to get these uh, these guys out of here. And once again, Katara is pushing, pushing back like, hey, you know, the Fire Lord, he's got some really legitimate concerns here. We should all just sit down together and, and talk it through. So 
I guess we'll see what happens there. But before that, we got to cut back over to the, uh, yeah, the Beifong Metal Bending School. As it looks like their new uh, instructor, Sokka, is taking the kids out for a little bit of a break from the uh, the constant abuse of their main instructor. It's like, yeah, let's let's have some, you know, we'll, we'll sit by the fire, we'll tell some stories, maybe some, some ghost stories. And we'll just have a little bit of a bonding time. And as he's telling it, he starts mentioning about a local myth that uh, apparently is new to all of them, even though they're from this this part of the world. And it's about this this scary uh, winged bear spirit, an ancient harbinger of doom. Oh no, not doom for our poor uh, uh, what's his name again? <laughs> Ho Dung. Ho Dung. And it also not only a harbinger of doom, but also an eater of footwear, which of course poor Panga is very uh, spooked by that idea. Uh, by the way, it's winged boar spirit, not bear. Boar spirit, thank you. And no sooner does he mention it, does it show up, and it's, yeah, it's got some shoes, especially Panga's shoes, it seems like it's targeted her for some reason. And yeah, it's ready to uh, to start some, some trouble there. Alright, uh, we obviously can't roll the clip, so I'll just say, I am Iron Man. Literally more so than, <laughs> you know, what they were doing at the end of oh okay uh, uh fire bit oh, old masters not old masters sorry uh phoenix king or into the inferno anyways uh yeah poor yeah ho dung is done uh he's done son and penga is just foaming at the mouth and tears in her eyes at the thought of her shoes being destroyed and uh the dark one just is like he's not having it he's like i know exactly what's going on you're in there Sifu Toph and she's just like oh yeah she just opens up it's like oh yeah no I, to- I totally am in here uh <laughs> this is correct Muchi Gucci La Pucci the third yeah it turned out that that was his secret uh his secret super emotional button is don't mention my real name it's only the dark one that was his uh his his single band uh name the only member and so, yeah, he, of course, is, is is horrified that they would mention that name. He looks completely dejected. And Sokka's like, okay, this is the perfect time. Everyone's super emotional. Uh, let, let's metal bend these uh, these coins. Get to a team. Fuck it, sand. But, yeah, everyone's just sitting there on the ground, catatonic, horrified. And no one's even bothering to try. So, a little bit too emotional. So we go back to uh, uh, the Earth Kingdom uh, capital in Bossing Se. Yeah, bossing say, and once again the sweetie talk is going on as the uh, the benders, the benderangs are enjoying their their evening meal with Bosco there as well, and even Momo I think is quite quite sweet. He's like, "Oh, Bosco, would you like some more of this this tofu?" And Bosco's like, "No, no, no, I wouldn't." But that was kind of cute. Oh, <laughs> no, he wants fish. There you go. <laughs> and the Earth King comes out, the big fool, of the Earth King. I, I'll tell you, I don't I don't like this guy. He comes out, he's like, okay, you know, you guys, I've I've given some thought to what you're saying, and, you know, even though I've been kind of a useless king, I've never even really explored my outer ring. I never even left the, the, the inner ring, I should say. I've decided that I know the situation pretty well, and I've decided that even though Fire Lord Zuko has explored this whole world, maybe has some better knowledge than me, that no, no, I'm the one to go to, and I've decided that he's got to stick to that dang promise that he made, and... You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to that Yu Dao with with force. I'm gonna take my whole army there, and we're gonna kick those firebenders out. And even even uh, Ang, who is probably more on his side than anything, 
is like, whoa, Earth K, this is a crazy move. Like, come on, you can't do this. This will be a declaration of war. Like, you, you really don't understand politics at all. Or the Earth King's like, nope, I got it all figured out. Bosco was my advisor, and he gave me some good ideas, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead with his his plan. So, so, oh no. <laughs> all right, everybody, say it with me once again. Can't say the clip or can't do the clip, but it's like I am a man holding up a, a razor to you know sh- shave or something like that. Um. So even though at the end of the Lost Adventures, well, Lost Adventures, it was, it turns out, I guess the beginning of book three, of course, you know, they, they explained, you know, a way that the earth King went to walk the earth, to humble himself and to see and educate himself over what's all happening everywhere. Do you think this is still in line for him or? Well, remember we, we, we weren't quite sure if that actually happened because of the, the bridge episode when we saw him on the ship i mean maybe he only went off for a couple nights and came back and he's like me bosco can't cut it uh please let us come with you guys again so <laughs> no 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 i th- i think it was like maybe that was like both teams didn't interact with each other and didn't like talk about like what they were going to do but I, I do still think like both uh align timeline wise that's probably not fair but i i think they both do uh he just like they just dropped them off or something like that when they're at port somewhere Hmm. Yeah, either way, I I just I have no respect for this guy. The Earth King, I mean, I think he's kind of a scumbag. I mean, oh, I'm going to go walk the Earth at this time of crisis when the world could really use a, a leader who's actually in charge of something. Ah, me and Bosco, we're just going to go hang out in the woods. Like, man, this this guy is just, he's he's the dirt. He's lower than dirt guy. Jeez. I got no respect for that Earth King at all. Jeez, <laughs> fair enough, but like... All right, well, let's let's think something. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, of course, you're of course loving the line. If you are not with me, Avatar Ang, then I can only assume that you are against me. <laughs> Such lines. Yeah, where's George Lucas? I'm sure he wrote this this issue. Stepped in. Um, <laughs> um but yes, yeah, so we we'll we'll find out what happens there with the Earth King and his tomfoolery. But first, we have to cut over to another uh, Tom Fool as we see uh, Sokka coming over to, to kind of comfort Toph. It's like, OK, you know, guess what, Toph? I know you are you look like you're down, uh, but, oh, I've got the best new idea. This is going to be great. I've figured it out. I know how I'm going to get these kids to start metal bending. And Toph, she doesn't even seem interested at this point. All she wants to talk about is the uh, kind of the, the way that metal's created. How about you uh, take that little piece for us there? Do you metal? Sorry. Um, <laughs> all right. So this next part's a little interesting. She asks, or she she kind of explains, you know, the whole process of what metal itself is. Obviously, being a part of the periodic table. But anyway, um, she explains that this form of metal that she's referring to is the one where uh, it's part of the earth and purified and refined, like you know, heated, melted, and pounded, going through pressure and pain mentions of course where she learned this from which is the first discovery when she was trapped inside that cell mm-hmm. uh, by those two knuckleheads of master Yu and jin fu i'm assuming they're dead we have no idea <laughs> oh they're dead yeah they're dead and during that when they found out that you know it was going back to her folks hey have you talk to your folks since then other than the instance of the runaway with hockey 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, she says that during that instant, which we never saw, uh, she was only thinking of of them in that in that instance. Nothing else. No survivability. No tr- testing out the waters on anything. Just about her parents. Okay. And how you know helpless she was, and how they put all these expectations on her. That's the truth, though. All that stuff, right? Pain and pressure. And then, and then it's basically she relates that to stating that, yeah, you know, I feel like I'm doing the exact same thing to these kids and maybe dang as well, where all she was doing was the exact same thing where this expectations or family trauma, whatever you want to call it is cyclical. Yeah. And as she's relaying all this to Sokka, we keep cutting to some shots of the students inside. They're packing up, getting ready to leave. They know that they've all failed their Sifu, but they start to get this look that they're considering what she's saying. So, yeah, I guess we'll figure out what happens during that scene a bit later. Because first we have to cut back over to Bossing Say as as uh, Aang and Katara are like, oh crap, that Earth King, he's about to blow this whole situation up. We better get back to... Uh, you Dao and see if we can make calmer heads prevail before that screw up uh, screws everything up. And we see in the corner that a member, a, a co-president, co-founder of the the Bossing Say chapter of the Avatar uh, fan group, she's listening in and she's got a little hockey of her own, a little, little messenger bird that she sends off to the uh, the Yu Dao chapter, signaling them that the Avatar is going to need some help when he gets there, which I think is very cute. I, I like this this bossing sage chapter very much of the avatar fan club. Very nice. I was not expecting that. Um, we then go to the next day. I guess the, the day itself where both sides conflict. Yep. Yeah. Old idiot brain, uh, master Kunyu. Yeah. Kunyo. He shows up and he, you know, he's still wearing that, that headgear that, that top made for him. He claims that he can't, that he can still get it off. But you know, I think we all know that he's been trapped with that for, yeah past three days i definitely love his explanation of like i find it convenient a convenient way to carry flags <laughs> i can take it off at any time i want maybe a lot but i definitely i don't know i just crack pop my himself but it's just i don't know he's just going with it i i, I kind of like that and i do love this i don't know if we mentioned that the uh, the goal of the the bout is whoever whichever student f- sits down first their school loses and so we get this slow motion uh, paneling work as Toph's like, oh, you know, you win this match to sit down. And then we see her slowly start to bend and about to sit. I just think it looks kind of awkward, but in a funny way. And in a, a way that works. Well, it's it's um it's frames. It's key frames if you were store recording. Yeah. So you could almost see like, you know, the animation itself. Yeah, but just before that butt reaches the ground, one of the students, the one whose name I always forget, <laughs> uh, Hotan, he throws this coin. Uh, off of the uh, one of the little little bamboo rods that that Toph has uh, lining the, the studio, and he slaps her right on the butt with it to get her to stand again. And she's like, "Whoa! Like Hotan, did you just metal bend? Like usually I'd be choked that someone just slapped me in the butt with a with a coin, but in this case, you know, great job, man. I, I, I'd love to see it. So I thought that was cute too. <laughs> no berating there from Toph. 
No, think well. She was she should she was gonna kick uh, his butt just for doing that, but she'll make an exception given that uh, the challenge remains. The challenge uh, resumes. Yeah, basically, is like who can sit first. And to be honest, here they said you know, uh, well, I guess first uh, side to sit like loses. I just kept thinking like, so are they gonna do like a wall sitting challenge? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but so the firebenders go to action. And of course, Sokka, I guess he has like a, a bag of these coins in his pockets at all times. He's probably jingling everywhere he goes at this point. Uh, he throws a whole handful of them. And he's like, okay, Team Beifong, uh, it's time to get to action. And so they all start hitting these poor kids with the coins. They're, they're beating on him pretty hard with them. Uh, the, the goth kid even looks like Neo at one point as he's holding them all up. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good point there, and yeah, they start basically doing their David and Goliath routine of, yeah, wait a minute, it really is just like the instance of it's the combustion man all over again, yeah. Except this, thankfully, none of them have a tattoo on their head yet, yet. Yeah, and the kids even start beating on the instructor. They're just like, "Get out of here, man! Tough rules, you, you, you drool," and so they all leave with sore backs and sore heads and butts. Well, our uh, the Beifong Metal Academy is, yeah, they have a little bit, little heart to heart with Toph. They're like, whoa, you know, we heard your speech last night, Toph. You know, it, it sounded like you were dismissing us, but really for all of us, it was the first time anyone's ever said that they could possibly believe in us and had any sort of faith in us. And so that's, it inspired us to, to try harder. That's all you had to say was be nice one time, <laughs> not just berate them. And maybe it could get through to your students that you believe in them. So what can we even say about that at this point? <laughs> well, are you convinced over this whole matter? Or are you Do you think that this is her first step into the teaching world? Or do you think that she's still a toxic teacher? Well, I, I've thought that she learned before, but I think she just enjoys pummeling people. So I think that she should maybe step away from the teaching and maybe head back to the wrestling uh, ring. I agree. I think that's a good place for... Uh, yeah, our blind bandit. <laughs> I like the bit of it, though, of like, you know, the how the students are moved by the fact that, you know, ta- like, like where it's coming from, like, I guess on the text itself, like on paper, uh, where she has, you know, in Toph's own way, she actually has like, you know, even if she's instilling it into somebody else, the idea that they are moved by her having belief in them when they themselves couldn't do anything beforehand. I think that can work. You know, maybe it's the fact that, you know, we, our viewpoint is that Toph isn't exactly the best sort of teacher for teaching people. And again, I, I see that, you know, she should be learning this uh, to be a, a teacher because it's you know different than mm-hmm. being uh, an earthbender. Uh, we cut back to the fire throne room. And we see mm. flames rise. Yeah, Zuko's trying out his Phoenix King um, cosplay as he wants to make the place look like his dad always had it. But as he's looking at the the flames burning around his throne, he's like, no, nah, this, this isn't me. I can't pull this off. And we see that down below, someone's been watching him. And it turns out it's May. And not only was she secretly watching him this time, but maybe she's had some spies keeping an eye on him and has discovered that he's been uh, meeting with Ozai in secret. And again, you got to feel bad for, for May in this situation and how they, you know, on the, at the end of the series, it seemed like their relationship was going to move forward in a more positive way. But no, Zuko, he's just, yeah, 
not the best guy to be up to be around with. Yeah, but this, despite that, this still felt abrupt. And that's fair. How do I say it's been done in other things that make me think of that? And I'm like, all right, well, it's leaving off here. I don't want to say I hope this is brought up again a later book, but yeah, this one, this bit felt rushed. I was like, eh, maybe there's nothing much to go into, but I, again, maybe I'm you know sounding toxic and I say this, but it's it's not for maybe it, she he's breaking her trust, which is bad, but it's not abuse. No, yeah, it we're it does it, it's just again him showing that he's not prioritizing the relationship not trusting her for her confidence or opinions and he's just isolating himself from the rest of the world and it's just him and his yeah. dad yeah so feeling betrayed she decides like you said rather abruptly to to break it off and you know leave him and again maybe another forced bit he's like may may come back i order you to come back and even afterwards he's like well, why would i say that that is so stupid and yeah it does seem like a reach <laughs> like maybe they're contriving things a bit to get where they want to be <sighs> yeah and i mean i guess it's a good foil to see a another couple who i've always wanted to see together and how i guess open they are with their relation or at least how commutative they are with their relationship hmm. anyways um but then suki like comes out of nowhere and you know confesses or at least apologizes to uh yeah. zuko for being the spy i guess Having been the one to see what, you know, she's her, the bodyguard, of course. So she, you know, was looking out for, you know, only having a, his best interest at heart and making sure he was safe. And yeah, no, actually like showing, you know, the worry and care for him, which is like, geez. Yeah. Out of everybody so far, even more than Aang, Suki's the one to actually like the the man who or the, the boy who burnt her village down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good grief. Um, she's the one that, jeez, got to respect her for, for saying this kind of thing. That's that, that definitely saying something. Yeah, they traveled together for, for a fair while. Yep. And it's been a whole year of him, you know, working with them. But I did think it was kind of funny because she apologizes like, oh, I'm sorry that I was spying. I, I feel like I blew things up for you in May. And immediately after that, a, a messenger comes in. He's like, oh, uh, Lord Zuko. Uh, we, uh, your spies have sent some word from the, uh, the the Earth Kingdom, and then she's all aghast, like you sent spies. It's like, dude, you were just a spy. This is uh, <laughs> like you you can't be outraged at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This this scene felt weird. Yeah, yeah, and it's oh no, the Earth King's his army. His he he sent his his full force uh, to 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 Yudao. And Zuko's like, father, you were right. And I was just like, I wish we could cut a little bit longer. And Suki's like, oh no, like he's been talking to that dad way too much. This mm -hmm. is concerning. He's cuckoo in the head. <laughs> and speaking of cuckoo in the head, we see the Earth uh, Kingdom troopers marching in and above them protected from any real damage. There's that Earth King once again isolating himself from the real world to some degree. I just I got so much to say for this guy truth be told but hey they at least added the uh war balloon to uh their arsenal that's true yeah that's interesting and then of course opposing them is uh zuko 
in the in the navy in the with the navy. Yeah, we see a battlefield with Earth Nation and Fire Nation troopers going to war, f- flames a uh, uh, blasting, and uh, standing above them, watching on a rainy day. There is Zuko, the Fire Lord, and Avatar Aang, and standing behind them, I think is a really nice image. Is uh, Avatar Roku, and then on Zuko's side is uh, it looks like the Fire Lord, and they have a conversation, and it's their their conversations are kind of marked by these two specters of their past reaching over them and influencing them and i i I think this whole little scene there that little conversation that i thought was really well done well it's especially haunting after the whole again the promise the promise the promise yeah and goes into the avatar state creates the elemental sphere we see avatar roku beneath him and then behind him a new specter appears it's ursa Mm. go sees this and before trying to reach for her and to see you know just to say any words of kindness and blasts him with fire instantly killing him and it was all a dream yeah but curiously enough it was a dream that both parties were having zuko and ang and they both wake up disturbed so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later that yeah i'm curious about that uh, but first, we see that Aang and Katara have finally arrived back into uh, Yudao and immediately jump down and they're like, hey, everybody, we got a panic. Fire Nation's here. They're causing some problems. And Katara's like, oh, no, I think you mean Earthbenders are here. Uh, this is where Corey's enforcers, the the uh, Yudao enforcers are attacking them, basically expecting any sign of like scouts or whatever and this is the obvious you know plain wife puffy cloud target uh where yeah they're they're attacking so or they, they see somebody like danger this is an enemy uh, of you dow and yeah they just start the attacking them and so they launch you know this meteor hammer as they call it and then you know ang air bends it away and then all of a sudden throwing axes like it's you know, beginning of john wick three those were not, it's not uh, throwing axes. Uh, and they, you know, quickly make chase and goes down there. And I can, you know, imagine this being like a Jackie Chan inspired, you know, little chase <laughs> sequence. Um, <laughs> you know, like they crash through this window and it's an axe factory, <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, if, if this were, uh, you know, limited to what they can, they do here, it's, it's all right. Um, but definitely if it was animation, <laughs> Oh, the the jokes I could probably see from that little sequence there. Uh, he creates a little quick little like air scooter ball or marble, tosses it at the assailant, and it turns out it was sneers. Yep. And they're like, whoa, like sneers. What's going on here? And before he can really start to speak, that's when uh, Corey shows up again. I think this is the first time they meet her properly. She explains that they're the Udao resistance. And now that the... Uh, yeah, Sneers is joined up with them. It, it catches both Aang and Katara off guard, but it, particularly Aang. He's like, uh, like, wait a minute, like, you two? You you two are dating, really? And this becomes a running joke, too, and I, I'm i not sure I feel about that one. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess it's the thing of, like, well, because they're mix of both, like, you know, Sneers is a earth kingdom person like originates from the earth kingdom and then cory well mix of both still sees herself or see is labeling her as like a fire nation person so i'm like is this gay coding almost 
not coding, pardon me, but like, you know, saying mm-hmm. like, that's great. Like, or am I just, you know, insane and, you know, no. off my rocker? I think it, I think it's much more basic than that. Oh, okay. I think the joke is really you. I mean, she's a 10 and you, I mean, you're like a, like a 3.5. Oh. And so they're like, wow, buddy, like we can't believe these scored that big. Oh, I think that's what the joke is. Oh, <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Well, I'm sorry if I made that other analogy. Apologies if that offended anybody, but it's just like, um, cause if it's like the whole, like two, two races, I say races, sorry, two cultures, um, you know, joining together and, you know, dating it's like uh anyway um so but ang's still here to um warn people just like listen i'm not here to okay evacuate yes but this is different than like you know go back to the fire nation uh this is like yeah literally like get out of here like there's a there's a war about to happen i don't want casualties here yeah and everyone's you know they're not really listening too much and they're like, well, Avatar Aang, like, if you're not going to help us, uh, we're, we're, we're not going to leave. We're going to stand up and fight for our, our, our area here. And if you're not going to help us, maybe those Avatar uh, Aangs can. And that's when we introduced the Dao chapter of the Avatar Aang fan club. And at first, Aang is really pleased. He's like, oh, wow, you know, another look, it's another fan club guitar. Isn't this great? And he's like, wow, you guys seem like you're pretty different from the other chapter like are, are all you presidents too and they're like what why are we all be presidents <laughs> and he's like wow you're really different and he compliments them on their clothing and about the the painted on arrows on their forehead he thinks those are great too until it turns out that they're not paint they're real tattoos with real ink and when we first got the the early chapter i was like okay like a little bit of this you know this is cute that they're doing this but at the same time slight cultural appropriation of a race or a culture that was you know exterminated slightly awkward there uh, this chapter it takes it to the a different degree and ang does find himself really offended that they would tattoo those uh, symbols on their head and it was like oh this is sad <laughs> yep in addition to war about to be approaching, we have, as he just said, cultural appropriation. Oh, boy. A really sad one, too, because these kids, I mean, they you can tell they're quite young. They really don't understand. They're, they were not expecting this reaction at all. They thought they were doing it so honorably. They're like, oh, you know, we even set up our own rules as to what kind of status you have to, to earn in order to get these tattoos. But Aang's like, mm, if you're really doing real study of my culture, you'd understand that it's there's no way that you can earn this. Like this, this is disrespectful that you would try to appropriate this. And those those symbols on your forehead are sacred. You can't just tattoo them on. And so he leaves in a huff. He's like, okay, you guys, you know, everyone, get out of here. It's time that we separate the nations for good. Like no more of this kind of uh, walking over each other. We all need to be completely distinct. And so it seems like he has a set path going forward as he marches off to confront the armies. And then we cut over to Zuko's uh, ship as he's sitting and doing some meditation. And he's having what seems like an inner dialogue, but in a way, he's kind of debating against someone who isn't there. Someone who, at first I was like, wait a minute, did did this guy die in the, the year that we missed? I was very confused for a moment there with uh with iroh i guess i misread it the first time 
as he's speaking to his his image. <laughs> Did you get that at all too? No, I knew exactly. Well, I definitely at first I thought he was talking with yeah. Um, he freed freed Ozai. I'm like, there's no way. Yeah, but it has been the whole time. I haven't mentioned it. There was a player of the piece who has been mentioned and is not here. And in fact, they covered their bases by saying. Uh, you wanted a quiet life after the war. And that's the one thing I can give you to begin repaying you for all you've done for me. I can't disturb you. I won't. And even then I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, couldn't you at least written to him? Like, I don't know if that's disturbing him for pit's sakes. No, it's yet another contrivance that feels like it was there just because the writer's it wanted to go to a certain place and they didn't think that they thought that Iroh would muddy the waters is what I think. Now I understand the idea of Zuko is an interesting idea to take Zuko to the place of either trying to redeem his father or at least to make sense of him. Yeah. If, if you can with that, that, that nut, um, that's a cool idea. Um, but definitely him influencing him is also not a terrible idea. Uh, but I definitely wish that there also would have been the the red dragon, blue dragon again, uh, with maybe Iroh still becoming coming in, being like the master Yoda uh, to <laughs> you know the Ozai's Darth Sidious, or sorry, Emperor Palpatine. Oh, but just in an effort to move things along, we we do get a very pretty scene with um, Aang and Katara next. I think the the top image on that uh, page one sixty one is very beautiful. Yeah, little panel there. Uh but. Aang, you know, he, he's in a dark place and he, he feels like he finally figured out, you know, why the nations have to be separate. Because uh, whenever two nations come together, he says, the stronger one can't help but hurt the weaker one. Uh, they'll conquer or burn, or at the very least, make a joke out of the weaker nation. So that, how sad, you know, the, the place that he's in. And the two of them have a good discussion there. I definitely wonder uh, what Uncle Ira would have thought of this. Because he was the one that also taught Zuko about like the four nations. And if mm-hmm. Iroh himself would have been in the Navy, we don't know because he's not a player of the piece. And then it's Katara that also mentions something about a certain episode regarding a guru. Mm-hmm. One Guru Patik about uh, the whole elements in the nations themselves being an illusion and that they are all one and the same. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, you left that episode also thinking that he was a bit of a quack as well. So, <laughs> what are your thoughts over this? In this sense, I agree. I think the the separation can only last so long. The world, once it goes to peace time, it's no longer time for just one to kind of rule over the rest. They all have to come together and find a way to live in in harmony. And some of that means, uh, yeah, not straight drawn lines, mixed lines. But Aang, again, is he's he's very resolute. He's like, air nomad culture can't survive in a nation where we invade each other or corrupt each other. And he, he, he decides that he has to see the Harmony Restoration Movement through to the end. And I do like Guitar putting to him, like, you know, are you saying that you're going to fulfill your the promise you made to Zuko? Because even that would be against the culture that you're trying to protect. Like, how, does you, how do you square that in your mind? And poor Aang, his, yeah, he's like, ah, it's hurting my head, all this stuff. Give that kid some Ativan. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut back to the Beifong Metal Bending Academy. And at this point, Sokka's like, okay, you know, what's going on with that, that Aang Katara? Are they too busy 
you know, doing a little makeout routine to remember to pick me up. And he's getting kind of frustrated. I did like that it looked like they added a little piece of art to the, the Bayfong uh, thing with the, the flying boar uh, creature. That was cute. Yeah, literally the flying boar made out of all the Fire Nation armor. Um, you know, b- both the symbol of the Bayfong family uh, and now the school. That is yeah, really cool. I definitely like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as you know, the routine is, suck is going to the whole like, you know, smoochy smoochy routine or whatever. Um, I guess Toph hears and you know, hears a bit of, and I guess the sun is blocked out because her skin could still feel, pick that up. That's not a blind thing. <laughs> um, she could tell that the sun, there's something blocking the sun and thinking, oh, well, there's your ride right there. There's your, your crazy taxi up there uh, being Appa. Uh, that's, uh, that's not Appa. That's um, an air balloon or it's the war balloon carrying his... Uh, <laughs> Oh, the irony, uh, carrying his uh, love of his life, at least this episode, or, or uh, book, excuse me, uh, that is Suki. And oh, thank goodness she's in her Kyoshi attire. I'm definitely glad to see that again. There you go. Yeah, and she is bringing some some bad news. Like, oh no, uh, I've been you know serving part of Zuko's Royal Guard, and I just found out that they're all on the way to war, so I need you guys to come with me. And so they, they go along. And the students from the Bayfong Metal Benny Academy come out. They're like, oh, come on. You know, we're ready, Sifu Toph. Take us with you. And Panga's like, look at this cool uh, helmet spinning trick that I just learned. And Toph, again, not learning her uh, her lesson. She's like, am I supposed to be impressed by this trick? Uh, do some real bend- metal bending. Uh, get out of my get out of my face. So, again, she's just uh, she's the one that needs an instructor to teach her to learn her lessons. Well, certainly. The, respect, the respectable response is you guys literally just started mental bending. Please, for your safety, do not uh, follow us. Yeah. So that would be a little bit more reasonable of like, okay, yeah, you guys, this is like day one, if not like day zero. So like, come, come on, like, let's let's not like jump to conclusions yet. Um, so anyway, you know, they, they go, <laughs> I could easily speak of what the Dark One's speech is, but... Uh, <laughs> No, uh, it's, it's cool and eloquent and whatnot. But anyway, they yeah they 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 go the the three boomerangs they go overhead and they see uh, one such boomerang uh, leading the charge of the uh, Fire Nation. Mm. Yeah, and before we find out what happens there, we get another intimate little scene with Katara and Aang. She's been holding it back for a while, and Aang could tell she decides to finally explain why she's changed her mind about the Harmony Restoration Movement. And she flashes back to that image that we discussed of the mayor, his daughter, and his wife standing there looking at them. And she was saying that she didn't just see them, but right before she's about to explain, Aang interrupts her. He's like, oh, we're going to have to talk about that later. Those little uh, protesters down there, they're getting violent. I got to step in. So <laughs> so too bad. Stepped on that little intimate moment. And yeah, the Smeller being her gang, they're getting all rowdy. They're like, okay, we're going to smash through the doors. We got this big old piece of earth. And so they all get to trying to smash it down. Aang tries to fight them, same with Katara. And they eventually succeed, but it turns out that it was all just a big distraction piece for this uh, tank that they somehow got their hands on. And that's really the the trick that they're going to use to knock down the door. Bring down the walls. Um, looks like the other three boomerangs, they're still nearby. They're still tailing the, uh, the fire nation, excuse me. And they, you know, formulate a plan. They're like, okay, well, what are, what are we going to do exactly? We're only three of us. And you know, what, what, what exactly can we do? 
And so I love the confidence though that Suki gives. It's just like, hey, we stopped an entire air fleet before, haven't we? Good point. It's like, yeah, yeah. there's a the confidence I want to hear. This is awesome. So, you know, there's the old brains, the old Sokka, his his brain finally fires up. And it was like a ripcord or something like that, you know, like starting a chainsaw or something like that, or starting a motor. And he's like, All right, tough, we're gonna we're gonna go underneath and we're gonna sneak uh Tarzan like as if it were uh, episode six. Uh, into an AT-8ST. I mean, uh, one of those fire uh, tanks, excuse <laughs> me. Get underneath and go underground again. It's like, I can't see anything. Not touching that one at all. Uh, they get inside, <laughs> uh, one of them with these two guards talking about bean sprouts and whatnot, and basically, you know, make, make it in there. And Toph, how close do you got to be to, you know, metal bend a s- bunch of, like, nails and or screws out of... Uh, something she's like eh, you know it's close enough as long as i can see it with seismic sense i'm assuming it's like suki head for those tanks yeah before we figure out what happens there we got to cut back to another tank as it plows through the gates to the to Yudao. and as smeller b and her gang walk through they notice that uh, a certain sneers is in there already and they're like hey where have you been we've been looking for you all this time you've been hanging out in here what's been going on here and that's when he asked to, uh, to just let it loose that, oh, by the way, this is my girlfriend, Corey. Uh, uh, these are my old friends. These protesters, you just smashed through your, your walls there. Um, and it's, yeah, it's definitely an awkward little reunion there. All the while, uh, Aang is literally like trying, like he's fast talking or whatnot. He's trying to like use car salesman being like, guys, come on, you got to stop this. And <laughs> really not doing anything other than just, again, trying to use words and not you know, strong, direct language or action, excuse me. Um, and I also, I was the case, but when I, I guess maybe I'm interpreting this wrong, but I guess when, you know, Sneers is introducing Corey to Longshot and Smeller Beast, Longshot gives the lady, or at least, you know, gives the nice job, bud, uh, stroke of his yeah. hat, of his brim of his hat. Um, but yeah, I know Corey gets definitely angry at, at Smeller Bee. Rightfully so. I, I'm okay with this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, screw Smeller at this point. <laughs> and well, actually, sort of, because well, then that that thing comes up again. Oh yeah, when they're like, look at him and and look at her, like really they're together <clears throat> again. It's kind of like ah, that. Occasionally, this show has types of humor that maybe we don't need much. You know, <laughs> that's one of them. But uh, after I guess Longshot quells uh, Smeller rage and directs it somewhere else. They they both yeah you know, sneers and Corey at least do a good a good job maybe of at least you know acting like sensible people, and again, mentioning something about these orthodox nations these two genres itself that have been separate for so long, in an instance of years of you know being together one obviously dominating over the other but hopefully coming to you know the, the same level or whatnot the rules themselves are starting to break down and mm. mentioning that who you Dao itself may not be belonging to neither fire nation or earth kingdom, but potentially it's part of both or part of none. Yeah. And they raise a lot of good questions in this book and I, I can definitely appreciate that. And again, we maybe talked about some flawed deliveries here or there, but yeah. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, no. Like when it I, again, I'm kind of saving all this for the end. That's fair. Uh, thoughts of it because even though this is great speech or this great discussion is is brought to the forefront and is is talked about as Katara again is trying to mention to Aang <laughs> this important detail. Uh, one of the protesters, unfortunately, uh, aims the a rock at at Corey and Katara saves her, and uh, unfortunately that. Rage is reignited and starts once again. Both sides go at it. And eventually Aang has to step in and he smacks away uh, Smiller being her group with the, the airbending. And he's like, don't you get it? I agree with you guys. Like, come on. We, we can't uh, solve this with uh, fighting. But Smiller B turns around and says, I don't think that's an option anymore. And we see the Earth King's army arriving. Monkey feathers. Monkey feathers, <laughs> and and then out of nowhere, Avatar Ang, double monkey feathers. Yeah, that this is. They're like, oh, please forgive us for our unintentional disrespect. We've since covered up our tattoos in deference to true Airbenders, and now we, the Yu Dao chapter of the Avatar Ang fan club, put ourselves at your service. And I, I again, I I feel bad for these folks too. I mean, they didn't they didn't understand what they were doing. And they're trying to make good for it. And Aang, understandably as well, is like, I don't I don't even want you guys here. You guys are just going to get in my way. Go home. Like, I, I just can't deal with you guys right now. So so I, I appreciate the complicated emotions there. Even at the uh, wrong timing. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of just things being wrong overall, we see General Howe. He comes up and he's ready to read a... a a proclamation that the earth king wrote a decree but of course the earth king himself isn't reading it he's up there hiding from the battle uh protected from actually being on the ground having to face people like the coward that he is and and Katara too even like pokes at him like what are you doing up there and he's like oh the, the general's doing just fine uh he hides down the gives him something to snack on <laughs> i definitely enjoyed that bit <laughs> <laughs> me too um, and so, yeah, they continued on, and it's okay, all all you Fire Nation folks, uh, you guys are criminals now. If you don't leave right now, you're going to be arrested on site, and who knows what we're going to do with you when we get you. Don't forget about what the, the Dai Li were doing down in their little underground bunkers. Oh, and of course, uh, Smeller Bee's loving this, so that's not so good. Yeah, and then, you know, Sneers comes out and is imitating... Hutund, or sorry, no, uh, Hotun, excuse me, Hotun. Yeah. Um, just trying to remember your, your version. I like your version as well. <laughs> Saying like, you know, we're doomed. Yeah. And then Corey's like, no, there is hope. Monkey feathers on top of monkey feathers. <laughs> Good two-page spread, by the way. Good, very nice two-page spread. Very pretty. Yeah, the Fire Nation and the uh, the armies meet with the, the airbender somewhat in the middle. And I do like that they place them right there with, with Aang, that they're ready to try to be peacemakers. A lot of that stuff, I, I yeah, I guess I'll save that for the end. <laughs> uh, but Aang tells him to stay back, that it's it, this isn't for them to be involved in. And right before he seems to jump to battle, Sokka and Toph and Suki arrive in their little tank. And they, they explain what Sokka's big brain plan was. And I, I like this too. I like that they're utilizing the plan bending. Oh, that's my old thing. Plan bending, I think. With the old old thing in Sokka. 
but old Zuko again, I don't know about this guy. I mean, uh, I guess he shows up and he's like, okay, you know, my army, we're just, we're going to treat the colonials that we arrest more justly than the, Oh, no, wait, I'm, I'm getting messed up. You, you take it away. I'm screwed up already. Yeah, sorry. That's what General House says. Yeah. He's just like, listen to me, Avatar. Harmony can be restored right now. My army will treat the colonials we arrest more justly than the Fire Nation treated us. You have my word. So <laughs> what, it, what it comes down to is that uh, when the fighting starts, um, the Earth Kingdom is there to arrest the Fire Nation. Uh, individuals on the Earth Kingdom land. I know, it's confusing. And then Zuko and the army is there after their tanks all get dismantled, by the way, in a pretty funny scene. Yep. And the metaphor with the uh, dragon without a head and now dragon still having a head but losing its legs, that was also pretty funny. Um, The Fire Nation is there to protect the Fire Nation citizens in Yudao. That is what they're fighting for. And from that, the impotent returns. Yep. An angry teenager uh, with a god within him is is about to go. Gl- is about to glow, but thankfully his girlfriend is like snap out of it and pulls a frozone. Which I'm not <laughs> sure if I like that. I in with water bending. I don't know why. I'm just like oh, I don't know. Maybe it's just too frozone, and I just prefer that with you know the, the frozone himself. <laughs> That uh, was his whole shtick, but yeah, we basically see, you know, okay, let's let's be third parties here. We got to be unbiased with both sides, as rough as it is. And he's like, no, we have to stop them from killing each other. And it's like, you know what? Just let them sort it out, or let me worry about them. Like, Tara, you yeah. can't really, you know. She's a master now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but what she does is she tries to basically, you know, tell him, spits out what it is that she's been trying to say. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, when she sees what's happening in Yudao, she thinks about their future. And if Aang believes so strongly that the nations have to be separate, doesn't that mean that they too will have to separate? And Aang's... Maybe he hadn't considered this before. Maybe the emotions were too strong that he couldn't detangle it. But she's like, you know, go go find yourself a place to do some meditation, do some inner thinking. And whatever decision you come to, then I'll support it, even if it means that we have to break up. You know, whatever you want to do, you just uh, pick a direction and go with it. Kind of like what old uh, Ozai was saying to, to Zuko as well. And so he goes off, he you know picks a little area and decides, okay, this looks okay. What about my thing cosplay? I'll try it on yet again. And creates a little rock palace for himself. And in there he pulls out his little amulet of the uh, the Fire Nation variety. And he meets up with Avatar Roku yet again. And once again, Roku, I mean, he's just like, okay, you know, the old, uh, fulfill your, your promise and restore harmony to the world, kill my grandson. Oh, by the way, I'm related to Zuko in case you didn't know. And again, it's a good exchange. Maybe I'm minimizing it with my trying to speed through it. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I definitely like that bit though. Yeah. About when he, who does mention, uh, in passing, of course, I cannot put into words how much it pains me to advocate for the end of my own great grandson. What are you saying? Ursa, Zuko's mother, is my granddaughter. Then Zuko. Mm-hmm. How could you possibly? I like that. It was yeah. never addressed. It was never talked about in the series, but I definitely like that it was you know followed up on. I like that it was mentioned. Definitely a uh, a time to 
may be the thing that uh, Aang actually did need to hear. Yeah. Uh, like, like so where, where Roku thinks that this is, you know, going to get to Aang, it does, but in a different way of how he intended. He's intending it to mean, listen, just because he's my blood doesn't mean that you can you know, give him a free pass. Whereas Aang literally is going to use that against Roku and be like, I will use this against you over over this. And again, needs the many, outweigh the needs of the few, balance, whatever that means. I do wonder, you know, given that this is a climactic end, I wonder if there'll be an insertion of a certain ethereal beings that will make yeah. an appearance. We will uh, find out. But, you know, yes, there's... Uh, you know, there's there's some talks amongst the boomerangs about all all that's going on over there. The the uh, Avatar fan club, you know, Zuko get down there and start talking sense with you know a bunch bunch of these you know teenagers and whatnot. And once again, rule of three: sees sneers, sees Corey, looks at both of them, triple takes. Didn't know you had it in you, big guy. And again, I mean, the two of them should just be offended by this at this point. Like, wow, you guys are really superficial. Like, <laughs> but I did like they pointed out with the Avatar fan club that they're like, oh, like, like we should be keeping the peace, keeping people from killing each other. And that's what they've been doing all this time. They've been down there trying to trying to be peacemakers in it and, and be uh, defensive rather than offensive like the rest of them. So maybe they did learn something from the, the Air Nomad uh, ways. So that's nice. Well, certainly, even regardless of being able to airbend themselves. And it looks like they're just swinging their sticks around, being like, <laughs> back, back, you fools, back. <laughs> oh, but speaking of learning something, as we see uh, Toph and Suki in the middle of a battle, and oh no, suddenly another wave of attackers is coming in. But just before they can strike, all their helmets suddenly turn around and they have a moment of confusion. And next thing you know, there's the Bayfong Metal Metal Benny Academy leaping into the rescue. So okay, you know, again, they are very early on in their metal bending, but they got earth bending abilities, so I'm surprised they're not using those. Assuming that they're earth benders. Well <laughs> actually trained earthbenders. Yes. Uh that's true. <laughs> but I do like that they're using the coins. That's actually kind of smart, uh, in a way. Yep, yep. Um I just love, you know, the speech that Dark One goes into and just the both the faces of Suki confused <laughs> and then Toph's just like, I have no words to say to you guys. Yeah. So done. She she questions why they're there, and then of course all of them give reasons. No, we're gonna Yu Dao is also our home. So why can't yep. we defend it as well? It's like, well, you know what? Why not? Let's let's go at it. And so then we go over to Katara, expressing the ways of the Avatar of like, all right, let's let's be sideless right now, even if this means I was fighting alongside these guys a year ago. It's like, yeah, well, this is for uh, a good reason. And then she frozones her way up to see Kue and mm. uh, the Earth King, excuse me, and uh, yeah, basically uh, confronts him. Yeah, and of course, he is completely removed from the battle. He's not even watching at this point. He's just cowering in fear. Turns out Bosco isn't there. No wonder it all went so wrong for him. Mm. Didn't have his smarter half there. <laughs> or the <laughs> only half. Or his whole half, anyway. And so he's like, oh, like I could have imagined it could go like this. Who knew uh, Yu Dao would be like this? And Katara, for some reason, is shocked that he's never visited here. I mean, I thought that they all knew that the Earth King was like a shut-in, basically. 
And so she's like, like, you know, you, you, you really should get down there and meet the people who have to live with your decisions. Like you can't just wantonly choose what's best for them with knowing nothing about them, which is what he did. And so, but he, he's too cowardly. He's like, I can't even go down there. It's not safe. You know, all those people are killing each other. Uh, thanks to my actions. Uh, no, I, I couldn't possibly, but Katara convinces him. And yeah, so they head down and yeah, again, there's still the, the fighting going on and, and until, uh, uh, the fire Lord himself steps in and kind of, I guess he keeps it going really. I guess he doesn't stop it. <laughs> so yeah. General Howe and Zuko lock eyes and, oh, it's about to happen. It's about to go down until blue beam in the sky. Oh no. It's the energy yeah. beam in the sky. Oh no. Oh crap. 2012. Not again. <laughs> the elemental sphere once again reemerges. Yep. Beautiful. Cool as it's drawn. I, I, beautiful. I'm also a bit like, yeah, I guess it's Aang's thing, but I kind of miss the weight of it, or at least, you know, how much of a difference it made. That's fair. That's fair. And there, if you know, like it's, it's lessening, it's diminishing, but it's fine. Whatever. Um, this time instead of, you know, just a single glow, it's, he's still in the glow. It's like, uh, eh, Okay, well, fair enough. Zuko looks up to the sky at the god himself and laments, stating in his honesty that it, this isn't what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, really, this is all a big misunderstanding. Yeah. Before he can even jump to trying to explain, he realizes there's no point. No matter what my intentions are, I'm doing exactly what my father would have done, starting another potential war. And so do what you're going to do, Aang. And so Aang decides to live up to the promise, and at least that's what it seems like. And he opens up this this chasm in the ground, and Zuko falls into it. But then all of a sudden, Aang uh, swoops down and, and saves him, and Zuko looks shocked. And then, with the strength, once again, which I don't know if it's going to have problems later on, uh, the strength of the state itself, as if he were ripping a single piece of paper, he rips the ground beneath around the sides of you Dow, excuse me and digs a moat there you go yeah and splits every single party member against this nation itself against it and yeah isolates it katara um frozones the earth king over uh ang lands with zuko safely katara and Aang embrace. It is time for the resolution to occur as Aang proudly states on 207 Fire Nation, Earth Kingdom, Water Tribe, and now Ur Nomad. This mm. is who stands against your army. And against the Fire Nation army too. <laughs> Took me a while, but I finally understand. You're not just fighting a colony. You're fighting a whole new kind of world yeah and so the earth king decides okay you know no more just listening to whatever everyone else is saying i need to see for myself and yeah just just see it to know what i'm what this is all about and so he goes in and poor zuko th this moment actually brought a little bit of a some welling up in my eyes when he says so, so i was right all along my decision was right he's so stunned because he was so lost in his way and he just collapses from the weight of it. I I, th I thought that was, was something. I, I really, yeah, I was moved by that. 
Time passes. On the rooftop of a building in an Undersoul's location, we have a conversation between two avatars. Hmm. And Aang tells him, you know, Roku, you know, the, the, the world that you lived in, it's, it's just different than the world that I live in. The way you, that you saw things, so much time has passed, it's, it's just different now. Like, when I see the world, I don't necessarily see all these different uh, nations. What I see is the people that I love that mean something to me. And they're people of all different nations. And I thought that was a really beautiful image when it shows Aang and then all the faces of the people following him. Yeah, except for Monkey Yatso, he's technically behind the last uh, bubble, so that kind of lumps. But oh, really? That's funny. It is, it is what it is. And same with Boomy, because uh, I only see there's Zhang Zhang, and then there's uh, P- or there's Master Paku. Um, but I think Boomy's supposed to be in there as well. <laughs> but anyway, it's time to break the traditional conventions. It is time for the world to progress on, and. This teacher of his that he sought out that gave him guidance in his most desperate hours. Now he no longer has has outlived and breaks the connection between uh, rips it off. Just just rips off the, the wooden pendant of the Fire Nation and burns it. Maybe forever sending Roku away. And we cut away to a familiar face. Uh, for it is the owner of said rooftop, or at least, you know, the area of the rooftop, Uncle Iroh, mm-hmm. uh, stating somebody has just woken up and to come see for yourself. There's Zuko having a good old cup of tea. Yeah, I did like that Iroh is like, he's so stubborn. He he should just come to me. You know, I don't know. I don't know why he uh, forgets that he always has a place here. Uh, he being Zuko, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, he being Zuko. Sorry, it almost sounded like he said Iroh is so stubborn. It's like, I mean, he isn't isn't but anyway yeah and and ang says like okay you know after your your time of rest the earth king has agreed to talk and when you're ready we'll return to uh you dao and we'll see if we can figure this thing out in a more level-headed way instead of all that craziness that just went down (laughs) and they recollect uh uh zuko mentions like on the way to you dao i had this dream that you and i faced off against each other and it turns out that uh, Aang had the same dream. And they start to think, or Zuko, I should say, starts to think like, you know, in that dream, I saw my mom there. And I'm starting to think like, maybe uh, maybe that's something I need. Because he, he's so lost by his lineage too. Thinking like, oh, you know, I'm that part of my dad's still in me. But if I can find that that piece of my mom, that good part, maybe I could find some some more peace as well. Especially since Aang reveals that uh, the lineage that him and he, that Aang and Zuko share now revealed. Yeah. Being that uh, Roku is his grandson or his great grandfather, excuse me. So both of them are now linked even further metaphorically and spiritually, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, Again, a really, really great scene during that whole uh, little exchange with Aang and, and Zuko. Definitely. If you haven't read this book, we've we spoiled so much of it, but a lot of great stuff here that we could never really convey just uh, explaining it. <laughs> Certainly not. It's uh, go read it for yourselves. And we we end though uh, with with at least a uh, this this scene. Excuse me, saying you know that, that Zuko himself has had sent out you know some spies, search parties, even using June and her shearshoe 
Mm. They all came back empty-handed. What the hey does that even mean? Because as June said, even if Aang were dead, you could still find him. Depends on how long Ursa has been dead. So maybe her scent went away years ago. I have no idea. Uh, but, you know, talking about, you know, a pr- pr- progress and new worlds, a whole new world. Uh, Uncle Iroh, he's, he's trying, he's, he, you know, he's been tinkering away at the past year of just like, you know, he's a, a tea aficionado or whatever they call it. He's a tea engineer, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, innovator, waymaker, trailblazer, whatever you want to call it. And he's like, all right, so uh, here, I got something, I got something new here that you guys should try out here. And, you know, taking the tapioca, put, let it go in the bottom with the tea, get, put these pearl sized snacks in there and a little bit of milk. And, um, I, I don't exactly know what to call it. Uh, these, you know, these, these, you know, small little like pearls are, you know, about, you know, bubble sized or whatnot. And, you know, it's with the tea, um, tea with bubbles in them. How about that? Mm-hmm. And both of them immediately like spit it out. Cause they're like uh well yeah. at least zuko does but Aang's just like okay i am a man ahead of my time thank you uncle hyro yeah and as we move along from that scene we get a, a beautiful little scene with ang as well as he's sitting and he's gathered all the uh the avatar ang fan club together and he said uh you know i'm i'm nervous about doing this but the love of my people that i have I'm worried to see it corrupted, but at the same time, I can't just let it be a piece of history. The air nomad culture uh, belongs to the future. And he thinks that uh, because these Avatar Aang fans, he can see that they share a love for his culture. Maybe they don't fully understand it, but they their hearts are in the right places. And especially for the ones that he saw on the battlefield, putting their lives at risk, using the, the air nomad philosophy. He's decided that he's going to teach them uh, his ways. And they're going to be known as Air Acolytes. And I like that this time, instead of the annoyance that Katar had earlier, she's sitting over in the corner watching and smiling on. And same with uh, Momo, seems to be enjoying it as well. <laughs> Good things are there. Until the ending, though. When we cut back to Fire Lord. Confronting somebody. Could almost be mm. Ozai himself, potentially. But we pull back and see we're in not a prison. Well, some may call it a prison, of course. See a orderly or you know an employee wheelchair, uh, some or wheelchairing somebody in the background, and the two again goons with the skull masks. Like seriously, do you got guys got to do something about that? Yeah. Mentioning about the conversations he's had with Ozai and about uh, his you know Ursa and what's going on with her, and you know wanting to basically that was the whole reason he was going to Ozai just to get information on the whereabouts of Ursa and then other things ensued. And it is with great dissatisfaction to him that he's not ashamed, but he's definitely wishing he wouldn't have to go to this person, but it seems that though she's the only one to know anything that's happened somehow. And that is Azula. Yep. Looking even more crazy than the last time we saw her, she's in a straight jacket, a wheelchair, and we can we see as she uh you know listens to his advice she looks into a mirror and she sees her mother looking back at her still saying i love you azula and she decides to agree to uh yeah help him find whatever happened to their mom and i'll say the whole issue or the whole uh book i should say 
I kept wondering, like, oh, are they going to give us a peek of what happened with Zula? I'm very curious with her, how she's handling all this. And so I was very glad at the end to get at least a little bit of touching back on her. And that sends the promise. All right. Final thoughts. Uh, it was great. It was great. I very much enjoyed it. It had its issues. I think its heart was in the right place. I think the, the art was great throughout. Yeah, maybe the they were trying a little bit too hard to get to the places that they wanted to go. It didn't necessarily feel like they made all of the uh, choices naturally. You could feel a little bit of like the the sweating of the writers. Of, oh, how are we going to move all these pieces into the right place? But it, it still was enough for me to feel like a, another good return to the Avatar world. Uh, how, how about you? I need to maybe read this again because I will admit I'm a little bit more mixed on this. Uh, cause while some of the writing does seem to be covering its bases with stuff, I still feel like, I don't know, this, I, I'd prefer something a little bit more, well, maybe, maybe it does need to be escalated and conflict will have to occur, but I, I was hoping for something a little bit more, as I said, Star Trekian. Hmm. again, not that again, that Star Trek didn't go to places of con- open conflict, but I do wish it was, or at least maybe not Star Trek, but at least it was a little bit more diplomatic. Mm, and it, it yeah. definitely seemed like there were extremes rather than there were nuances and people being like, all right, hang on. And you could at least still have maybe some people not find the solution, but not have to resort to like, they were, they were like stuck. They were all just stuck. like, you know, like negotiations, like actually see what negotiations are like when it comes to, um, hashing these things out and obviously it's there's no easy answer here with with this um but yeah no the in general yeah the yeah i agree with you in that the heart was definitely in the right place over this matter and i like it but i wonder if there was also a lot of other things that's like one thing that i was a little disappointed about was at the end of the metal bending part or with the metal bending school excuse me i was hoping that similar to the how the way the whole finale resolved where it was like you know all a unity basically of all the nations as one literally inside one micronation i thought that was going to be the same case where the metal bending school would be open arms with you know that fire academy just to like i guess demonstrate you know the unity and harmony potentially and you know be open armed with you know these these people who were i guess mean to them didn't go that way but Either way, maybe I will return to this one day and maybe warm up to it. But at this moment, I'm a little bit more mixed uh, over this matter. Yeah, no, I was definitely following that train of thought when it comes to expecting a a different outcome. Like maybe one more little section of panels where we see that, oh, the the Fire Nation school, uh, you know, maybe there's even if the teacher didn't come back, but the students. Yes. Like maybe if they saw something in Toph. I agree. Like our teacher never believed in us. He just uh, beat us too, but not in a nice way. <laughs> I don't know. And another thing that I'm also a little bit angry at. Well, not, uh, sorry, sorry, not angry. At, or at least maybe disappointed in uh, is that there were no negotiations. It's all kind of not even wrapped up, but it goes to the next issue. Like, you know, kind of hinting and teasing at uh, the search. And I'm kind of against that. I wanted to see the, the, the end where the earth King 
despite you not liking him. And then Zuko and, and everybody else, the mayor, Corey, and just everybody in Udal getting a chance to talk. And we didn't get that. And I also am disappointed in that we didn't get, I'm not saying I didn't like the ending with between Aang and, and Zuko. That was definitely needed, but I still wanted that. You know, let's, let's actually have a conversation and we, we instead tease, you know, the, 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 the bit with Aang and the uh, air acolytes, that's perfect. That needs to exist, but just a bit with Zuko and, and Azula as a teaser for the next I Definitely don't wish it was there, even if it would have satisfied your curiosity. No, yeah, that's fair. It, yeah, maybe a more mature ending would have been seeing the negotiations and the the painfulness there. But either way, thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen, those between unaffiliated for listening to us. Uh, you definitely do not have to agree with you know what either of us said, especially me. You do not have to agree with what I said. I understand completely that I'm probably coming at this a little bit more in a mixed reception um i'm not saying oh this is this is just fan fiction no this is not fan fiction i just i don't know if i feel like those is, i'm not gonna say first draft i feel like this is like a second draft or something like that it's not the final draft though and it could use maybe one more rewrite or something like that who am i to know i'm just an, i'm a nobody doing a podcast here or fan cast excuse me so but yeah hopefully you at least enjoyed this this long episode or series of episodes excuse me caleb thank you for you know, joining me on this one here. Uh, I apologies for the length, but I enjoyed it. Uh, regardless of the subject matter itself and my feelings on it, I still enjoyed uh, talking about it with you. So thank you for that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. I I just wish we could find some better balance in these these long long episodes. But what can you do? Um, but I guess we're still going to be in store probably for another long one as we finish out this round of Avatar comics with the search next uh next time indeed but until then thank you once again listeners for uh coming along with us we always are happy to talk about some more avatar and i've definitely enjoyed having this little bridge to wrap things up with our characters before we move on to cora it's been a yeah a a nice little surprise for me indeed i'm glad at least glad that you are introduced to this and you are now familiar with this and we'll see where uh we'll see where it goes on from this but for now until next time everybody Where do you side with you, Dao? Exactly. Fire Nation, Earth Kingdom, or a genre unto its own. Till next time. Peace. podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. 
Here we go again. Enter at your peril. You'll never come back again. It's got a death curse. We have such sights to show you. Despite all that, Caleb, this is the origins of Republic City. Spoilers, because of course you're still going to, you know, put a spoiler section in here. But this is at least like, you doubt is supposed to be where Republic City is. So that's one thing that the listeners aren't supposed to know yet. <laughs>